Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. So I decided to call this place for a broadcast from the Action Radio Man Cave. <laughs> it just seems appropriate. Anyway, it was great having Katie here yesterday. Uh, it made it a little crowded. I had to like rearrange stuff and uh, you know figure out how to do this all, and it was pretty crazy. I actually had myself muted for the first 10 minutes of the show because uh, I said, whatever you do, don't mute yourself and forget. So, of course, I muted myself and forgot. Uh, that's how that works. Anyway, Brianna's here, uh, and her report is so chock full of amazing information that I don't want to uh, uh, take much time to in, uh, introduce stuff today. So let's get, uh, let's get right to it. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. All right, so we're just chatting off the air real brief here. We, we actually have a, a screening room function, and when Katie comes on, uh, once uh, she gets uh, all this stuff figured out how to do that, she'll probably be talking to everybody first, uh, and then uh, we'll go from there. Marco's live with us in uh, the Netherlands, so uh, we are international this morning, uh, Brianna. And uh, what you got? Good morning. How you doing? Good. She's a woman of few words. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist now because normally you have so much stuff ready to go. Um, so uh, what I usually do is look up things so I can follow along with you, but I'm just going to let you describe it and uh, and listen, you know, because you're when we talk about all this information, uh, it's clear enough from what you're saying. So I'm going to have to I'm going to save myself some time and effort uh, and just go go right to what you, what you're talking about. So where in the international globalist end of the world dictatorial, uh, obnoxious, nasty people uh, scenario are we going for today? I just made that up, by the way. <laughs> um, so I'm going into the open policy model of the uh-huh, World okay. Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is part of the um, Smart Cities. Yeah, so I want to talk be, more about that. I'll be reading it directly off of their page, okay. like straight from a horse's mouth. <laughs> so to speak, yeah, or the, or the you know, we, we can pick another animal. <laughs> we'll think of some of the most animal. We, how about the naked roll mat? Naked, naked mole rat. Try and say that fast. Now, it's, um, this really is what you're doing here, you know, documenting all these things. Um, you could actually combine all the links of your shows into a, into a report itself. I don't know if you can use that for, for journalism stuff or school reports or anything like that, or just, just to keep a record of them. But um, you should make a file of your links because as we go through this systematically, you're really building a library of the, uh, you know, the end of the world documents. In fact, the title of the show today, this is our, our second one I'm running this week, Racing to the End of the World, uh, Part 2, uh, and my subtitles are, are Food and Climate Change. I'll be talking about those in the third hour. So this really contributes to it. It's, I think you're doing a huge service by, by putting this all together. So back to you, Brianna. Okay. So um, 
I also have two other shorter things, but uh-huh. um, yeah, no, I, mean, okay. I can get started on. Do you want to do the big ones yeah. or the quick ones or the shorter ones? Um, I can do the short ones real quick. I saw something. Um, uh-huh. Somebody posted um, on Instagram a bunch of articles where supposedly Facebook is what, what they're trying to get across is that, you know, Facebook is now censoring um, freedom of speech. And um, what did I think that started this is they deleted a post that said Jesus died so you could live. And now I guess what they're saying is anything praising Jesus is considered hate speech, and they'll be removing it. (laughs) What? Wait, 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 what? (laughs) Uh, Double take. Anything praising Jesus is considered hate speech? Really? Yeah. This is fascinating. We should send that to Wendy. Um, And what's the source on this again? I'm doing this for for emphasis. I'm kind of curious. Who said this? Um, Well, there wasn't one. Uh, She just posted like a bunch of different articles saying this. Now, why would they do that? Why would Facebook do it? Mm-hmm. Um... Well, number one, they're evil. Mm-hmm. Number two, they're getting paid. Mm. Um, Who's paying them to do this? To some other earthly Who? power. Yeah. Who's paying, paying them to think to do this? Who 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 would who would want uh, Jesus uh, and Christianity? Was what we're really talking about here. Uh, who would want Jesus' teachings and Christianity labeled as hate speech? That what they're really saying is the Bible is hate speech. If that's what they're saying, it's the book of yeah, hate speech. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's next. Any right? kind of like. Satanist or any, um, what it really seems like as mm-hmm. seeing the history of things on how everything comes back to this, you know, it might be one of those things that, you know, the globalists are trying to push because, you know, they've got their hands in a lot of different buckets. Yeah, what's the one? Because they do want to get rid of Christianity. Of course. And it's yeah. also been a thing throughout America for years. We've been trying to get rid of Christianity. So there's many, many different entities that are going to be trying to get rid of it. So what's, what separates Christianity from other religions of the world? It's true. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. Um, and, and what else? I mean, obviously I have predetermination um, in my head. But uh, there's something, and actually Judaism is pretty close. I don't, I don't know if enough Judaism to say so, but as far as I can tell, it's, it's close because we keep talking about our Judeo-Christian, um, you know, background, history, origins, and that kind of stuff. So what is it about Christianity? What, what did Jesus teach that you're not going to get from Islam or Buddhism or Shinto or, or Zoroasterism or uh, who have I forgotten? Hindu, Hinduism. What do you, what's different about Christianity? I think it's that we have an all-powerful God and an all-knowing God. And I think part of it for mankind, that that mankind fears over other religions, is not only the power that he has, but also the fact that um, those that follow that religion aren't going to, they're going to be strong enough and not beholden to mankind. So they can't control those people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's, uh, the biggest thing is it's uh, most of the other religions as I look at them, and I'm not a, I'm not a uh, theologian expert on, on other religions, but they all seem to be hierarchical, like government. They, they, they seem structured more on a government model of, you know, God at the top, 
you know, or in the case of Hindu, I think you have three, uh, Shiva, Vishnu, and Raman, or Brahman, or however it works. You've got three, three gods there. And the ancient Greeks and the Romans had a whole series of gods. But it's all very top, top down. In other words, the dictates come from God or gods, you know, and rules to follow. And Christianity is, is probably the one religion uh, that prides itself, I think, on free will of self-determination. Now, there's still rules. There's still the Ten Commandments. And there's still some basics that if you follow these, you know, life's going to be one hell of a lot easier. Excuse the pun. But the thing is that it's not, uh, you know, you don't, you don't lose Christianity if you don't follow exactly the teachings of Christianity. Whereas if you don't follow Islam, there's some pretty serious penalties. Like, I don't know, death. Um, I think, I don't know how structured Hindu is um, or, or some of the other, Buddhism is very strict. I mean, I don't think there's any punishments in Buddhism, but it's still very strict. You know, vegetarianism and some other things, uh, you know, and uh, good behavior. And it's, have you ever read the, have you ever studied Buddhism and, and see how, I mean, what a serious Buddhist has to do? You can't even swear. I mean, it's really restrictive. Otherwise, you come back as a cockroach. I mean, it's a fascinating, uh, it's actually more a philosophy than a religion. I mean, I like a lot of Buddhism, but on the other hand, there's some pretty serious consequences like reincarnation, you know, if you don't follow exactly what Buddhists teach. And it is very strict. The interesting thing to look at, do a comparative religion. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know that deeply into Buddhism or Hinduism, but I've been mm-hmm. learning more about, you know, Jehovah's Witness because I have a friend that's a Jehovah's Witness. It's, interesting. It's pretty interesting. They, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so welcome on the show, by the way. Yeah, they believe uh, – that's one of the things about their religion is they can't get involved in anything political, even though they, I guess, um, unknowingly already are because they buy things. Um, <laughs> well, I was just thinking, how can you have a belief in that? Don't, don't all beliefs, all religious beliefs at some point become political? I mean, isn't the, the Sabbath on Saturday, for example? As opposed yeah, to Sunday? And for me at least, I see how everything mm-hmm. is tied, government and people, yeah. religion. Well, sure, because what's yeah. the greatest threat to government? God. Yeah, a belief in a supreme being, supreme over government. Oh, Marco, Marco has a comment. He says, Buddhism is one of the few non-theistic religions. Yeah, Buddha never, never said he was the son of God. Buddha never claimed to be a, a, a deity. He never claimed to be uh, anything but a person. And here we go. Buddhism is one of the few. He says, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, uh, and Jainism. I'm not sure what that is. The last one, J-A-I-N-I-S-M. Not sure what that is. Taoism is, if you ever watched the old TV show, Kung Fu, he was Taoist. Confucianism, obviously, is a study of the teachings of Confucius. Um, Buddhism is a study of the teachings of Buddha. And so I don't know if you consider, if it's non-theistic, Marco, how can it be considered a religion? It's certainly a belief system. Well, it's more of just like a theology that they've turned into um, a religion. But it is officially a theology, I would say. Okay. Jainism is one of the world's oldest religions, originating in India at least 2,500 years ago. The spiritual goal of Jainism is to become liberated from the endless cycle of rebirth and to achieve an all-knowing state called moksha. Never heard of it. That's interesting. Thanks, Marco. Appreciate it. I love it. We, we speak, and we get a response from Netherlands instantly. <laughs> I love this modern technology. It's so much fun. But this is the greatest threat to the globalists, too, because the globalists consider themselves supreme beings. Um, do they, you know, do, does that make sense that they actually think of themselves as gods? 
they are that powerful, that all-knowing, that wise. And therefore, how can they, you know, God's almost like competition to them, which is kind of a farcical belief. Talk about self-delusion, that I really believe these people think they are equal or better than God. And that's how they can say what they say and do what they do and wipe out, you know, three-quarters of the world's population because they think there's too many of us. What kind of arrogance does it take to think that? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think it, it it's something that, you know, you, you've seen all throughout history, and even at the very, very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. where people will think that they can be God. They want to play God. And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, even Lucifer, you know, before he had fallen, you know, he was an angel and stuff, and he was like, well, I don't want to be worshipped instead. You know, and then he fell, and uh, those that wanted to follow him followed him all the way down. So wow. I think what that happens is that's a tactic of the devil as well. Mm-hmm. That kind of greed. So, so self-delusion, I don't think it's something I've really talked about much on the show, but the, the, the delusion that, that a person can be their own God or that they are so wise and rich, actually. I think that money is the thing that seems to inflate people's egos beyond the belief that if you have a certain amount of money, you know, if you're into the billions and billions and can control a lot of the world's events that that makes you, uh, a, a, you know, a kind of God that this, this power, this, this, uh, um, you know, the, Shakespeare said the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, I would say that the love of power and money, especially in combination is really the root of all evil. There's a, there's a power component to this that as people get more earthly power, they think of themselves as having more godly power and the two have nothing to do with each other. And yet they equate them in their own minds. And almost like a self I think even deeper than that, that it, okay. even Tell deeper me. than that, I think the root cause is the denial of God or the denial of Jesus. Because as soon as mm-hmm. you deny that and you try and fix up your own morals or, you know, you try and follow your own ways, then everything goes mm-hmm. to that, you know. Because um, you can have power or you can have a lot of money and you can still do really, really good things. And you can be a really, you know, great person and you can be fruitful with that. Mm-hmm. But also, on the other hand, you can do absolutely horrendous things and try and control other people and harm other people when you get mm-hmm. all that power. So I think it's more of a matter – I think it's less a matter of physical um, – like what you receive physically and more of what mm-hmm. you receive spiritually. Yeah. I remember Rush Limbaugh used to say, talent is on loan from God. And I frequently credit God for all the ideas that pop into my head because I don't think it's possible for one person to have as many – uh, what I consider good ideas, you know, in, in one person's brain, that, that makes no sense to me. And I think that's, that's what it means, you know, to be Christian is to think, okay, you know, it's not me, you know, and it's not just me. And you know, I'm not that important. I mean, I, you know, I, you take the gifts that God gives you and you do the best you can with them. And I think that is a threat to government also that we, not only do we not believe that government is the supreme power, we don't need government um, to tell us everything to do. We've already got our own moral code. We've already got our beliefs. We've already got, you know, Jesus and God, and uh, we're okay. And we need government for some necessary functions, you know, kind of like administrators, but that's as far as it goes. You know, protect life, protect property, protect the borders, uh, and protect our individual rights. And other than that, shut the hell up. <laughs> Go away. Don't take on more power than we give you. So let's get back to your agenda. <laughs> Yeah. That, that was one short topic you know, that we would spent. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, something that's been very interesting, like, in our lives, and I don't know if it's happened to more people or not, but for some reason, Esther, like, the story of Esther mm-hmm. has become super prominent lately. Like, Tell me. whenever we would turn on different sermons from different people, because me and my mom like to uh, listen online to different sermons and stuff as well, you know, mm-hmm. we've had quite a few that have been going over Esther and the book of Esther and the story of Esther. And then when we took the trip, we went and saw the Esther production at Sight and Sound. And so it's like there's a lot of, like, influence of that. And the story itself is actually, you know, pretty amazing. And I think it also kind of applies to this because it is all about, you know, God um, God and government. Because okay. Well, for us non-biblical scholars, to... can you give me a, a, a quick um, – update on or a briefing on, on the story of Esther and how it applies to what's going on today. And that's probably a whole show right there from that question, but, you know, let's see what you can do. Yeah. So the story of Esther takes place in Persia with um, uh, King Hum, uh, Xerxes, I think is what most people would know him as, instead mm-hmm. of Hasuaries. Um But... He, Basically, his wife was um, kind of rebelling against him, and so he and that wasn't allowed. And they wrote a law. And in their government systems, the way that it worked is whatever was written into law and was sealed by the king, that was law, and you can't change it. Like it went into like their archives, and there was no changing it. Um, it was like a very huh. very strict thing. So the king says and that it becomes law, and that's so, it, right? That's interesting. Yep. Huh. Yeah, and so whenever that happened, he needed a new wife, and so they gathered up a bunch of people, and they got some um, Hebrews, and there was um, everybody else, and then he had the Hebrews, and of course you had like the different things, like one of the biggest things, I guess, of the distinctions in that mm-hmm. story is whenever you have the Agagite versus the Hebrews, because the Agagites came from the separate bloodline and hated the Jews, or Hebrews and Jews, same thing. Mm-hmm. So Esther was raised by Mordecai, and, um, well, her first name um, was Hadassah, and that was her Hebrew name. But Mordecai, whenever she was going to be taken um, to see, if, like, because they were rounding up a bunch of people to be Xerxes' new wife, and Mordecai told her, don't let them know that that's your name. Don't let them know that you're a Jew. Um, you know, keep it hidden so that nothing happens to you, so that you'll be safe, so that you'll be okay, so that you'll make it. And so um, he changed, So he told her that uh, he told her, and that her name would now be Esther instead of um, Hadassah. Mm-hmm. And they took her over here, and they kind of kept that a secret. And, you know, that always kind of makes you wonder, you know, as a Christian, of like, you know, would you really hide and would you really lie and, and do that? But, you know, in some circumstances, you know, God was able to use that and he used that for good because um, later on there was um, a man named Haman and he was a governor and he was super rich and he was evil. Him and his wife both were. They wanted to do is Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him whenever he got more power later on. I'm skipping hmm. forward a little bit, hmm. and he didn't like that. He wanted Mordecai to bow down to him, but since he was a Jew, he would only bow to God, right? And so he was like, "Okay, right. well, I'm going to kill you, but not only kill you, I'm going to kill all of you Hebrews because he was the Agagite that had gained power with the king." 
and he tricked the king and he's like, yeah, okay, you can kill these people. Um, and but but he really loved Esther and he didn't know that Esther was a Jew. And so then Esther did this little funny thing where she invited them to dinner, uh, a banquet dinner, and was like, no, come back. And then she'd be like, called him out on it. And then he and then Haman ended up dying. And that situation right there where she kept secret for so long until that point in time where she was like, hey, you know, I'm a Jew and he's trying to kill me and you love me. So, hey, why don't we end this? But they can't change the law. So even though he died, they had the problem they can't change the law. So what they needed to do at that point in time was get the king to provide a different law saying they can defend themselves and, and, and vice versa. So the whole story is all a political history. You know, it's all about their culture and that time and what's going on. And even with that, you know, God was able to institute the right people on the right times and have them, I mean, point out different things to save his entire people. That's one of the things that Jews have lasted so long, it's a miracle that they're still alive today. Well, they're pretty determined. <laughs> you, know, and I, you know, God bless them, literally. <laughs> um, that, uh, and, and it's interesting, I was thinking as you were talking, that you, know, you ask about why would, why would Christians you know, admit they're Christians, you know, uh, especially facing certain deaths, because a lot of Christians have been beheaded uh, and relatively recently, most notably by ISIS you know, on video. And they could easily say, no, I'm sorry, I, I reject Christianity, and I, you know, I'll accept Allah as my God, and then they'll live. But instead of doing that to save their lives, they say, no, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian. You know, uh, you know I've accepted Jesus. And this is, you know, you can kill me, but you can't, you know, but you can't kill Christianity. You can't kill my spirit. You know, you can, you can take the body, but you can't take, you know, my feelings and emotions. And people are willing to make that choice. That governments can't fight that. They can't stop that. They can kill the people, but they can't kill they can't kill the beliefs and the religion and the ideas and everything else that goes along with it, and the spirit, especially the spirit of freedom. Yeah. And hmm. the governments know, like throughout all of history, that they can't mm-hmm. win against God. Yeah, but they keep trying. It's, it's like the definition of insanity. I mean, how many times do you have to repeat the same thing to realize it ain't going to happen? And they're doing it again now, too. Look at it. Christians are being demonized. Conservatives are being demonized. One of the bills I want to write, and I'm going to run it by you um, when I get it, is to add ideology to our list of civil rights. And I came about this, you know, as, as all the persecution of, of conservatives in college and on the job and uh, the so-called hate speech, all the things that we started with is originally – but if ideology is a civil right, then you can fight back and say, oh, wait a minute, I have the right to believe whatever I want. You cannot affect me personally based solely on what I believe. And yet that's what's going on now. So they've got skin color, they've got age, they've got, uh, I think, even pregnancy status and ethnic origin and things like that. But they don't mention ideology. So in other words, we don't have as a civil right um, the right to think as we choose. And that's something I want to incorporate in. So I think, I think you'll find that fascinating. Um, well, what do you think? Let me ask you now. Just yeah, well, I mean, we this. have rights of conscience, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not being enforced in anything. They're being able to trample on them. Yeah. It's so kind of like we also the Satanists and the yeah. Planned Parenthood, how they work together with the World Health Organization. That came out from <laughs> uh, wait, wait. some, like, representative... <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I hate to laugh. I'm just thinking of the irony of the World Health Organization sponsoring the COVID jab uh, and many of the other things that have killed mass amounts of people, um, including you know the removal of CO2 
I mean, the irony of the, it's like the World Economic Forum is destroying the world's economies. It's like these, these things are so badly uh, named. The United Nations it has put more nations in conflict. You know, you look at Vietnam and Korea were split, I think, by the United, quote, United Nations. And they caused two wars there. Yeah, I mean, there was, there's a reason so many Americans were against the League of Nations in the First World mm-hmm. War. And then they ended up putting them into the same exact thing, just with a different name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is anything but. Except that human rights are group rights. Yeah. You know, individual rights are something totally different. I wrote something down as you were talking. Um, you were talking about the, the laws, you know, where everything had to be a law. You know, and I remember there was a, there's a line in, uh, if you ever watched the old film Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner, it's Great film. It's one of, one of the Cecil B. DeMille's, you know, biblical classics and the Red Sea parts and the whole bit. No, that's Moses. I'm sorry. And I'm getting my things confused. Anyway, in Ben-Hur, Gil Brenner plays Ramses. And he has, with his deep voice, he says, so shall it be written, so shall it be done. So in other words, once something was a law, once it was written, that was it. <laughs> you know, there's no appeal. There's no, there's no reconsideration vote. There's no, there's, no, there's no tabling of the issue. There's nothing like that. And it seems to me that there were two types of laws. The law that you're talking about, in other words, they had to make a new law. Um, to be able to defend themselves, there are laws based on permission and there are laws based on punishment if you do something wrong. And the freest society is the ones that are based on, on punishment. In other words, you can do anything else except these things. And if you do these things, you're going to get punished. Whereas the other situation, which I think most of the world's been in for most of its history, is based on permission. In other words, you can only do what you spelled out you can do. Everything else is forbidden, which is the total opposite. And, and what we're talking about in the, I guess, uh, I wonder if this switch occurred with Jesus, with uh, uh, the advent of Christianity, that the laws changed from permission laws to punishment laws. You know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt yeah, not. And it doesn't say thou shalt only do these things, which I think um, older religions are based on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one of the biggest things with it is that the judges have so much power in, like, um, the punishments, right, the area mm-hmm. of punishments. They can just decide mm. whatever in most cases. You know, they say, oh, well, there's precedence, but there's so many different times that they don't follow precedence. You know, they have that power of, of decision-making in um, almost everything. So what's where the point you can of, say, okay, point this of is illegal, but the judges, yeah. if they get right. paid off, you know, and they're, you know, corrupt, and they're like, okay, we'll take the money, and we'll, we'll, you know, give you something lighter, not something at all, you know. Right. So if laws, whenever you put a law in, I'm not saying be exact, like you'll be in prison for 907 days and four hours. Like, I'm not saying, like, be exact or anything. Right. But, like, put a parameter around the kind of punishment that would come from that in hmm. each kind of legislation. Like, if you pass a law to make something illegal, outline what kind of punishment that is, you know? And you know that's not, absolutely and, brilliant. Like, I'm not saying you have to be exact, because I do understand, yeah. like, let's say you have a print, prison sentence from 5 to 20 years or something, right? That's the range. Well, then whenever it goes to the judge, if it's something, like, really, really light, they're like, okay, you get 5 years or 10 years. But if it's on, like, the worst side, okay, yeah, you get 20 years, you know? So that they have that kind of wiggle room for the degree of it still, and they still have that kind of power to make that kind of judgment, but they have a parameter where it's like, oh, yeah, um, you get off on a $200 bail or something like that, where they have to have those parameters set. I'm just writing down something. Because I think this is brilliant, and I'll tell you why. Uh, let me just finish here. Punishments. Here we go. Because we do have sentencing guidelines. There are things like that, but that's done by the judge, I think, by themselves. Uh, we do have... Um, 
a constitutional uh, in our Bill of Rights uh, provision against unreasonable uh, or, or cruel and unusual punishments. And so that's in there too. But it would be very interesting, and this would be a whole study. This would be, we could talk about this as a principle of, of criminal law, that when legislation is written, we can actually start doing that. You know, I think in, in some ways, I think I've started that, but not realizing that what was happening when I was talking about um, uh, Article, it was Title 18, Section 241, which is conspiracy against rights, <clears throat> which is whenever two or more people conspire to deny or abridge the rights uh, of citizens, the, the exercise or enjoyment of any constitutional right. It's one of the most powerful uh, laws on our books, but it was, it's not used as written. It, it was originally intended against Matthew Shepard, who was, uh, you know, the, uh, the celebrated person who was, was actually killed in a drug deal. But because he was gay, you know, it became a, a hate speech, hate thing. And that's what got all these things started. That his, and he, he, they, they found the, the other people not guilty, but I think they sued them, you know, for, for violating his civil rights. And even though it was written very, it was originally intended very narrowly, but if you look at it very broadly, what the language actually says, anybody, and that would include members of Congress, you know, or the, you know, the, the false president sitting in the White House, anybody that in any way restricts our ability to exercise or enjoy, the word enjoyment, I think is fascinating, constitutional rights is guilty of a felony and the, they're fined to imprisonment. And so it's very interesting that, you know, I think of uh, expanding that definition you know, beyond what it is, but I think we could also, you know, create reasonable punishments. So now there's the punishment for violating, uh, say, a college student's civil rights for their ideology. You know, it could be monetary. Uh, it could be control of the college for a certain amount of time or like a major officer in the college. We can get really creative with this. This opens up an entirely new branch of Action Radio I never even thought of. But if you want to explore that a bit, write some stuff down. See what kind of guidelines will be put into criminal law as just punishments. And, and I don't think legislature has ever done that. They've always left it up to the judges. Yeah. This is, this is something really There's interesting to get like, upon. Okay. No, I'm interested. Yeah. Laws, you know, I mean, we need to really um, crack down on this too. Because um, one of the bigger problems is that not, and a lot of people, you know, are talking about this because they're the ones that are getting hit with the blunt end of it. But it's, there, these are, there are so many laws that shouldn't be laws. The reason I say this is because, you know, governments were instituted among men and derive their just powers from them, right? And mm-hmm. their whole purpose of being a government is to protect their unalienable unalienable rights. Yeah, we all get that word. Yeah, we all stumble over that word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. That the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. And that's one of the most powerful lines in the Declaration of Independence, and everybody forgets it. It's really the basis for Action Radio. That, and then I was, I mean, when I was creating Action Radio back in 2014, I'm bike riding, I'm thinking to myself, you know, the many, the many, you know, internal conversations I was having, you know, so like Socrates, you know, when when Socrates discussed things in the garden with people, you know, it's like, how did he come about with the things he came about with? Well, you know, they they had discussions and, and my internal discussion was from Thomas Jefferson's line that the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. So I had to ask myself two questions. One, what were the just powers? Uh, and two, how do we give our consent? And then I had to answer that. How would you answer that question? What are the just powers of I think you've already answered what are the just powers of government to protect, uh, you know, as I say, life, property, individual rights, um, our borders. <laughs> I know. think the uh, best 
Uh-huh. The best place for this and the best guideline that you have for the government's purpose comes from the Bill of Rights, which is the first ten amendments that were originally created. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is because they outline those things that are, are necessary, right? And, of course, mm-hmm. your inalienable rights to life, liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. And many founding fathers um, phrase that as life, liberty, and property. But How about that? that? You, know, you so, have things like you have this. Yeah. Why the difference, do you think? What? Why the difference, do you think? Why do they go from property to pursuit of happiness? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe pursuit of happiness has a little bit more baggage to the property, but I think they're very closely related to getting the same point across. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. But like, whenever you have the Bill of Rights, you know all. all the entire purpose of it wasn't to give the government powers to take it away because, you know, that was the whole point of the anti-federalists that wanted the mm-hmm. Bill of Rights. You know, they didn't want government to have power. And, you know, unless you think of government, it's or creating a government, giving powers to government. And it's, it's so interesting that this country, you know, unlike mm-hmm. all these different, all these other countries throughout history, whenever they started this, uh, and they started their constitution, and they wanted to add in this Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. their purpose was to take power away from this government that they're creating. And it's just amazing. It's amazing to read through it, too. But, you know, they wanted to protect people's right to believe what they wanted to believe. They wanted to protect their rights to speech. They wanted them to be able to get together and not be stopped by the government. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to be able to release information that they wanted to release. They didn't want to be censored. You know, and they put in guidelines, you know, you can't give cruel and unusual punishment. You have to give them a speedy trial. You have to give it by a jury of their peers. You know, you have all these guidelines to protect the individual citizens, saying, government, you can't touch this. You can't change this. And that's part of the inalienable rights, you know. Mm-hmm. They can't touch those. They have no power to give them, and they have no power to take them. You know, and that's the whole reason that the founders did that, because they knew the importance of having something that only the people could have or the government can't do anything to it. And now the government is trying to do something to it because what they don't understand is that we have a creator. And as soon as they deny that, they deny that we have any inalienable rights. They deny that we have any individuality or that we have any rights. You know, they think um, kind of when I was talking back to like the Chinese dynasties, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, where they think the people are too stupid to think for themselves. Well, they think that yeah. today. That hasn't oh, changed. Okay. okay, there was there was something, and I don't. I tried to find it, but I don't know because I don't know where it was from. But it uh-huh. was some clip, and somebody had cut it. Like so, it was just a really short clip, and I don't know what the longer video is. So this is a super like ignorant kind of look at this, just so everybody knows. But yeah. Obama, it was Obama speaking in the background, those different flags, and I don't know which countries they belong to, but it wasn't America. Um, and he was kind of saying that it's time to, you know, I think he said like restrict rights or take away rights, like verb- verbatim, um, and that people aren't smart enough to know um, how to decide for themselves or something like that. So I'll have to from? find it and send it to Yeah, you. I'm curious now. Yeah, yeah. I was, look, I was yeah, looking I up know. the... Oh, yeah, I know. It was oh, just a cut-out clip from something. It was super mm-hmm. frustrating because I don't know where it came from. 
<laughs> well, yeah. well, it, we, we, yeah, we can it'd be a great thing to do. Uh, I was just going on the Declaration of Independence, kind of pulling it out here. Uh, I have a new, new, um, I have a beautiful bound Constitution, you know, and Declaration and uh, Articles of Confederation. I haven't really used because it's so pretty. I didn't want to open it up. It's like you know, I better start using this book. Anyway, it says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That's UN folks. For all of you that keep saying inalienable rights, it's unalienable. It means they cannot be alienated from us. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, here's where it gets interesting. Governments are instituted among men, as you said, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. It doesn't say deriving their powers. It says deriving their just powers. Well, the word just is actually critical there because governments also have unjust powers yeah. that they claim for themselves, right? So, so in, and it says from the consent of the governed. And what Jefferson doesn't answer that I'm trying to answer now is how do we give our consent? And I remember Christy Noem, who's someone I do respect a lot, except when she said this. She said, well, people give their consent during Election Day. Well, wait a minute. The legislature is in session a whole lot longer than Election Day. We don't elect people and then leave them alone because they're not, they should be representing us every day, not just, on, you know, we don't just give our consent on Election Day. So that's what I came to the conclusion, that we need government to be representative every day. And the only way that we can do that is to actually write the laws ourselves that we consent to be governed by. So my answer to Jefferson's question uh, that he didn't ask, but the, to the statement that the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed, the way the government give their, give their consent is actually to write the laws by which they consent to be governed. And that actually is a revolutionary statement. Never happened anywhere yeah. on the planet. So, but that's the basis of Action Radio. We write the laws that we consent to be governed by. Now, does it mean we automatically get them? No, they go through a legislature. We've got a constitution. We still have elections. The check and balance on the people writing laws is the legislative process, is the constitution, is the courts, and is the executive. You know, on top of that, first the legislature, then the executive, then the courts. That's why it works. But what's missing from the equation that's always been missing is that, le- that legislation's always been written by other entities, lobbyists, corporations, interest groups, churches perhaps. They've always been written by entities with a self-interest. And for the first time in history, the whole point of Action Radio, you look at any one of our bills, nobody profits. Nobody profits from our bills. Not one person. Well, except the, uh, the, the withholding tax one. But in other words, it's all based on the 14th Amendment, the equal protection. So everybody gets more freedom. Everybody you know, has fewer taxes or, or less money taken away from them. Everybody has the same amount of property protected. There's, no, there's not one single special interest group in any of our legislation. And that's what's different. So, that, so it, it truly, as far as I'm concerned, it will be, when I start supporting us, you know, the consent of the governed. And if the, people don't give, if the people don't like laws that we come up with, then they're not going to give their consent. They're not going to share them. So the checks and balances yeah, on us. There's... Uh-huh. Yeah, there's like nine different bills, ideas, and stuff that I'm starting on. And yesterday I was I was going into the Constitution because there's some things where it's like, okay, so how do I make this happen? You know, what uh, what powers do I have? What's the best choice faction? And the one I was looking for specifically was for, you know, whenever you violate the oath of office, you have removal of office. It's like, okay, well, right. who's going to remove you from office? And so I was, <laughs> yeah, I was reading the Constitution, and, you know, it wasn't too far in, and I found something, and then I had missed it every single time. That's one of the things, like, you can read something a hundred times <laughs> and still read it again and find something oh, new. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I haven't read it a hundred times, though. Um. No. Well, but, but, and that's what happened. people assume, too. They assume that, for example, they think they know that uh, Supreme Court judges 
uh, they call them justices, but the Constitution actually says judges. But you can always tell someone that's actually read the Constitution because they will say Supreme Court judge as opposed to justice. You can always tell someone that's read the Constitution because they will talk about good behavior as opposed to lifetime appointments. You can always tell someone that's read the Constitution uh, by saying that judicial review is not included. You know, judges do not have the power to determine exactly for themselves not only what's constitutional and what's not, but to provide a remedy for it, either in law or regulation or policy. Most people make assumptions because that's what they've heard. But the truth is very different. And this is why you always want to go back to the original source. This is why I don't read constitutional scholars. I don't need constitutional scholars. I've got the Constitution. I've got a direct source. You know, are you going to listen to a stranger on the street about God or are you going to read the Bible? <laughs> you know, I mean, go to the source. It's such a difference. So, so this is why I'm always going to the Constitution and the Declaration. Because the exact words, one word, one comma, can make a huge difference. Yeah, there's something I want to go back to with that. Sure. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if I said before, but um, okay. with the, what I had found, and I think it's really interesting, um, you'll probably know, but it was saying that um, representatives in the House of Representatives vote to remove a representative. Sounds like Article That's 1. If it's to do with the Constitution, it's going to be an Article 1. If it's to do with the legislature, it's going to be Article 1. So the Constitution is very clear. Article 1 yeah. uh, is the legislature, which is the most important part, right? Uh, second is the executive, which is the second most important part. And, and Article 3 is for the courts, which is the third most important part. Not according to them. <laughs> they think they're the first important part. Um, but actually, that's how it works out. So so I have a question that I haven't, sure. I haven't looked into. Um, okay. But in, like, your knowledge, has any representative ever been expelled or removed from Congress? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Elsie Hastings. Look up Elsie Hastings, A-L-C-E-E Hastings. He was a Florida representative who was removed for, I think, bribery, some kind of corruption. He was removed, then went on to become a judge because the Democrats don't care about what crimes you commit. They just don't. Did you say Elsie or Elsie? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, Hastings. C, okay. Yeah. I hope I remember his name. It's right. just interesting because I had never, mm-hmm. I guess, realized that it never clicked with me because I had never heard of that happening. No, it's happened. It hasn't happened enough. Uh, Wiener, remember Wiener yeah. for pornography? I think he was removed. Um, I think there are people that have been kicked off committees, like uh, Adam Schiff has been kicked out of the Intelligence Committee, as has uh, Eric Swalwell, for having an affair with the Chinese spy Feng Feng. So Wasn't that been, yeah, fairly. Well, it was only since the, the Republicans took over the House uh, after the 2022 midterms. So that have been early this year. So I believe they can. I mean, anybody can be removed. Anybody can be impeached and removed. I mean, that's, that's one of the checks and balances, including Supreme Court judges, by the way. And that should have happened a long time ago. See, I'm convinced that not a single you know, leftist can, can, is qualified to serve on the Supreme Court because they don't understand or believe in the Constitution. They believe in their own power and their own agenda. And you cannot be on the court if you have that kind of an agenda. Okay, so where are we looking at in the yeah. Constitution for removing by impeachment? Okay, oh, no, no, that was, just, that was just that one thing. But that's the other thing that I was going to come back to. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've, I think I may have said, talked about this somewhat, but I can't really remember. It was about this experiment, and it was kind of like a white coat experiment about, like, the expert. 
and I don't remember which year it was. I think mm-hmm. it was before the 2000s, though. Maybe like 80s or 90s or something. But they got people just like ordinary civilians. Mm-hmm. And brought them in to do this experiment. And what they had, they had this, they had an actor, and then they had somebody who was like an expert for each mm-hmm. of these people. And what would happen is the actor would be in a separate room, and then the expert would be in a, a different room with the um, civilian. Mm-hmm. And what they do, they have them be part of an experiment, and they would have them, they would have the expert telling them to do different electroshock to the actor. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm. the civilian didn't know that the actor was an actor. They just thought it was a, a normal person. Mm-hmm. And so the expert was telling them to go up levels of electroshock until it got to, like, the deadliest level mm-hmm. that would, would kill you. Mm-hmm. And I, know, I know exactly the experiment you're talking about. One, yeah. Yep. yeah, would tell them, okay, yeah, go ahead and do it again, do it again. And they could hear... Like the actor, well, they didn't know he was acting. They thought it was real. But screaming, you know, so they would think that it was painful. And they were worried about doing it. But since the expert said it was okay, they did it anyways. And -hmm. what they were doing is they were trying to understand kind of like what the Nazis' thought process was, that how they were just kind of listening and doing it just because, you know, they thought, oh, yeah, these are the people to listen to. Um, Yeah. Now, I forget what the experiment was called, but this is a well-documented. Yeah, this yeah, it's a very well-documented experiment. Uh, in fact, they had to stop it uh, because and, and I think the percentage of people that were willing to give a lethal, lethal dose, they thought. So they knew what they were doing. It's not like these people didn't know. They knew they were giving a lethal dose uh, or a lethal uh, charge of electricity to these people, knowing that they would die from it. And they did it anyway, simply because some expert told them it was okay. Well, all you do is mm-hmm. replace expert with Nazi or with communist or with you know, Democrat or with Dr. Fascist. The reason I call him Dr. Fascist, because everything he does is right out of Nazi Germany. You know, I call him Dr. Fascist and the health Nazis yeah. for a reason, because they're, they're modeling their plan on, Dr., on, on basically their combination of Dr. Joseph Mengele, who was the Nazi doctor who performed those atrocities in the concentration camps, and Joseph Goebbels, who was the, uh, the propaganda minister. So you combine Joseph Goebbels and, and uh, Joseph Mengele, both named Joseph, which is kind of interesting. Um, we have Joe Biden. I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. Eh, it's a coincidence, but it's kind of interesting. But the point being that the authority, if someone tells you to do it, it's like we're, the, the old thing, we're just following orders. What, because somebody has more gold braiding on their shoulder than you do? You, you're going you're gonna to go kill people? You know, you're going to go you know, line up women and children and shoot them because somebody, somebody ordered you to? What kind of person are you? But they're willing to give up their humanity for conformity. And the Nazis knew this. And everybody knows this. The Russians knew this. The ancient Chinese knew this. You know, the Genghis Khan knew this. You know, Sun Tzu knew this. Thousands of, they knew this stuff for thousands of years. There's nothing new as far as humanity goes. Well, that's the what they want changes. to do. They want to, uh-huh. yeah, right. they want to wash away your morals. They don't want you to understand, you know, mm-hmm. death and murder and stuff. And that's part of the reason why they're trying to make, you know, abortion, um, like, commonplace. And, like, one well, of the things Americans, they're doing is they're trying to say, well, they're aliens. actually doing it in many places <laughs> yeah. Yeah. where they, yeah, where they've stopped teaching about the Holocaust and World War II in school. Oh, that's interesting. And so there's kids, like, even older kids, like, um, in high uh-huh. school that have graduated, you know, that yeah. don't know what the Holocaust was, you know. And they'll say Nazi and they'll say fascist, but they have no idea what it means. You know, they don't know what happened. They, they no think idea. they're the right wing. They, they don't they, know the word Holocaust. Yeah. And yeah, they create right. Well, and they're saying it's offensive. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. 
you know, they're saying that it's offensive and that it's disturbing and that people shouldn't see it. And what they don't understand is that history is not there. We don't teach history for your enjoyment. We yeah. teach it so you don't do it. If we just showed you happiness and rainbows, what would be the point? We show you that that horrible stuff that nobody wants to know about, so you don't make, so you don't let it happen again. But like Animal Farm, it's a really disturbing kind of book, especially the mm-hmm. pictures in there. Really mm-hmm. disturbing. But it wasn't put in there to be a nice little book. It, like George Orwell, in his in his interview, he said the sole purpose and the message of his entire book is to not let it happen. You know, he didn't write it. That's not a manual. That's the joke. 1984 is not a manual book. It's a warning. You know, same thing with uh, the Twilight Zone. Do you ever see the old Twilight Zone? The Rod Serling uh, original series. Yeah. It's black and white. If you get a chance, uh, it's probably on video or YouTube or something like that. Uh, the Twilight Zone and there's a couple of other. Actually, the original Star Trek, same thing. They're all concerned with freedom. But you get Rod Serling, who always has a cigarette. That's what killed him eventually, anyway. Uh, but he has this really deep voice. You know, you're entering a new dimension of sight and sound. You know, the Twilight Zone, you know, and it's fascinating. But if you listen, if you actually watch those old shows, get a marathon sometime. They're all about freedom. It's all about oppression. You know, and, and Hollywood does this. The Hunger Games is all about an oppressive government. All these different movies, you know, by the very people who are supporting an oppressive government. It's really kind of fascinating um, how it all works. But, yeah, 1984, you know, was a warning, uh, not a manual. But here's a question. Let's, let's, we, we never really talked about abortion because it's a disgusting subject. Um, but what do you think the psychological motivations is? And do you see pressure, you know, as you as a, as a young woman that, uh, that the society or the leftists are trying to uh, influence your beliefs, your behavior, your, um, you know, essential, you know, whatever you, well, I guess the beliefs are probably the strongest part. What, why are they doing this? Why the push, not just for the actual act of, of abortion, but the psychology that this is, this is your right, that it's, or your privilege, or that it's actually desirable. This is what it seems to me very strange. Yeah, what was part of that is like ideological subversion for many people. You know, okay. they don't think of it as subversion. They believe the lies. You know, even if truth is staring them in their face, you know, they want to accept it because they've been lied to for so long. You know, they don't mm-hmm. even believe what truth is. And you know, part of it, like the entire culture, has been changing for years, like thirty, mm-hmm. forty, fifty years. Right. You know, it's been slowly changing. And so my generation, the generation under me, are really hit the hardest with this. You know, and yet we're the only people here that are going to, or we're the main people that are going to have to live through the worst times, you know. And the ones that are going to be stuck with it, and we're the people that have been most indoctrinated. So there, there's there been a huge push in the change of culture where, you know, uh-huh. it's like they frown upon, you know, um, population like you don't want any kind of like reproduction anymore you know don't have a family you don't have christianity you know um live yourself to make yourself happy you know um like kind of like um rome you know just get into your own pleasures you know just do whatever sin you want to you know it's kind of headed down that path and it's really really vivid right now you know um just trying getting trying to get rid of all that morality makes people not understand the cruelty and the evil of what they do, like sterilizing children. Mm-hmm. You know, so the whole I mean, that's just unheard of. And people will I saw talk coming. about, yeah, go ahead. And 
the same people that talk about, you know, and try and promote this sterilization of children are the same people to complain about it whenever it was happening to gays, you know, 100 years ago or something. Well, they used to call so, it genital mutilation. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, and yet it, it, it was, you know, especially with, with uh, females, you know, it was, it was like a horrible thing, even, you know, five, ten years ago. And there were cultures in the world that were doing, you know, general mutilation. I mean, it's a, another disgusting topic. Um, but nowadays, now it's, now it's just called trans surgery, so it's okay. So wait a minute, it's the same thing. And yet they don't see the connection. It's, it's like, why is the Holocaust disturbing to teach, but abortion is, is almost required teaching? There's some real inconsistencies here. Well, it's here. because they don't teach what abortion is. They don't yeah. really tell you how they rip the limbs apart and suck their brains out. They don't tell you how they break their tiny little bones. They don't tell you any of that. They don't tell you the pain that the mothers have to go through. They don't tell you how the death mm-hmm. is actually higher, you know, than it is for actually just giving birth. You know, they don't tell you about the harms. They don't tell you about the problems. They don't tell you about the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual problems that it causes. You know, they just, they cover it up and they lie to you. Like, there's this thing, I don't remember, it was some kind of scientific place. I, it may have been the CDC. I honestly don't remember where it came from. But mm-hmm. it was a, it was a pretty good while ago. And they put out a picture saying this is a fetus at, like, three weeks or six weeks or something or other. And it was mm-hmm. just, like, this white little thing that's saying, see, it's just a cell. It's like this white little clump of self. But that's not that. That is not what a fetus looks like. And it was funny. I heard so this from Michael Knowles actually yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Knowles wow. actually said at first that fetus means baby in like Latin or something. I didn't know that actually. Um, that, that's interesting. I'd, I'd heard that before. But, I'd forgotten it. Well, let me just say real quickly because in '73 I was I was 13, so I remember this. I just got in the United States. When I got to the United States, two things struck me. Uh, one that the government was huge; it was bigger than than Canada or Australia, and had a huge impact. Two, actually, a few things struck me. We were at war in this place called Vietnam that I didn't even know where it was, uh, and I didn't see any evidence of war because I'm used to countries at war, you know, being bombed. And I'm like, this place looks like there's nothing changed. It's you know, so that was out of 1984. You know, the, the war is going on, but you don't really see it. Um, and and uh, something else I was talking. About. Oh yeah, and then abortion. Where Roe v. Wade is 73. And I remember that the uh, that was the big myth. In fact, you know, my folks were both super pro-abortion. I mean, amazing. Marched before it, did all kinds of. Especially my mother who was a radical feminist. And I think the thought of a lot of us at the time when we were you know, when we were kids was like, okay. It's, I guess it's okay if, you know, there's no baby involved, if, it's, if it is literally just a group of cells. And that was the big lie. And then the Catholic Church came out and showed pictures of aborted babies and said, no, no, no. And, of course, everybody said, well, that's not true. They're just lying to you. Well, in fact, the people that were the pro-abortion folks are the ones who were lying. And then came ultrasound. I forgot when ultrasounds first came out, uh, maybe 80s or 90s. Uh, it was something we could look up. But all of a sudden, and I think the majority of Americans that are, are – so-called pro-choice, really are pro-choice to the point where there is a baby and where that baby would feel pain. But if you're literally talking about cells only, cells don't feel pain. Cells aren't a person yet. But that is such an early phase, uh, you know, after conception. But people think it extends for maybe a lot longer than it does. I don't think people realize, you know, during the, the, uh, the Roe v. Wade days, the 70s and even the 80s, how fast a human baby develops. And I think people had known, you know, back then, so wait a minute, you're, not, you're, you're talking about, you know, a, a group of cells for maybe the first, you know, couple of days. 
And after that, things start happening very rare or how, maybe a week or whatever. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not a, you know, expert on this either. Um, but that was the perception. And I think people thought, okay, it's okay to be pro-choice as long as we're not talking about a baby. We're not talking about pain. We're not talking about, you know, something that we wouldn't recognize as human yet. And that's what I think a lot of people thought. And then the big change, the big change was ultrasound. And all of a sudden, people were seeing, you know, 10 weeks, 20 weeks of, wait a minute, <laughs> this is a baby. Uh, and these people have been telling us all this time. So I think it was a lot of betrayal uh, that a lot of people felt. And that included me. I went, wait a minute, I didn't know this. You know, and so it was a very, um, very big awakening. But now, it's like the Holocaust. If you didn't know about the Holocaust, I understand you not knowing about it. But once you do know, then you have to do something about it. Same thing with abortion. There is no excuse today for not knowing because of ultrasounds, because of you know, things that we've all seen, because of the stuff that's happening out there. There's no excuse for not knowing. But we're talking about aborting babies. We're not talking about cells. And that was the big change. And I think that's changed a lot of people's views. I mean, millions of people across this country all of a sudden woke up and went, wait a minute. This, I really have been lied to. This isn't true. These people are sick. And that's the big change. And that's the big argument in this country is that middle ground. You know, the pro-choice folks are always going to be pro-choice. The pro-life people are always going to be pro-life. But there's a huge group in the middle that's going, I don't know for sure what I'm thinking now. And that's, and that's the group that's, uh, that's where the real battleground on this issue is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Um, I'm going to jump into this real okay. fast. Um, yeah, yeah because sure. almost, I but, can't believe we're almost out of time. This, these were the short subjects you were going to cover yeah. initially, right? Then we're going to get into the main topic. I'd say sorry, next week, main topic. Don't even, don't even get, because there's no such thing as, when you and I start talking, there's no such thing as a short topic. There just isn't. Yeah. Which is okay. But yeah, um, this is kind of what? pertaining to uh-huh. this short little part. But okay. Amazon, I think it was Amazon, released this new thing. It was like called Sidewalk Wi-Fi or something like that. Huh, but basically, that? it's where your Wi-Fi can reach even whenever there's like no connection near you at all. So, and what they were saying is like, even for people that want to go completely off the grid, completely, mm-hmm. they'll still be found and traced and tracked and, you know, monitored at all times. Because that, I think this is kind of what they're using as like a precursor for these kind of like open data things, you know, to know where everybody is at all times and stuff. I think this is kind of a precursor to that. You know, you don't have privacy. You know, you'll always be in that connection somewhere. There really won't be an off the grid anymore. I don't even remember how long they said that the reach was of it, but it was excruciating. So, um, so it's right like here, a, a Wi-Fi prevention somehow. In other words, there should be um, a way to, to, you know, select being off the grid. I'm not sure how to do that. That's, that's a whole new topic. Did you ever read our Australian Bill of Individual Rights? Did you ever take a look at that? No, I have not, but I am going to veer off right here into the uh, World Economic Forum. Okay. So hold on to that for next week. Okay, yeah. yeah. And we've got until that. Josie gets here, so, so feel free to, to go for it. You might have a few extra minutes. Okay, so this is a World, Epic, World Economic Forum. Well, I guess it could be a World Epidemic Forum, too, but um, mm-hmm. it's the Open Policy Model. It's the relationship to wider city policy strategy and initiatives. It says, 
right here on number three. It says city open data initiatives have to support and build rather than erode digital trust in communities. They need to add a wider ecosystem and market confidence, specifically privacy, security, responsibility, accountability, and ethical concerns around open data and its use need to be taken into account, especially as digital technology becomes increasingly embedded into physical and community infrastructures. This implies to a growing need to build coherence into a wider set of data and technology related activities. Open data policies should be integrated into a wider ICT security and privacy policy policies to ensure the release of specific data attributes cannot cause privacy or safety harms to an individual member of the public or private sector or organizations or put critical infrastructure at risk. Now that idea sounds good. Oh, you'll get your privacy, you know, things won't be at risk. You'll mm -hmm. have safety and security. But that's that's not what's gonna happen because Whenever the government can track and monitor every single thing you have, and that you give them all the information and they share none of the information with you, mm -hmm. that that's not privacy. Yeah, it's just but thinking it as you're writing this, the, the open data is, is open for the government to look at you, but it's not open for you to look at the government. They have a closed data policy. Yeah. 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 Policies should build on citywide data Policies should build on citywide data governance policies and regulation so that open data practice adheres to, extends to the broader public, important aspects of data management protocols and processes, wider hmm. data classifications and publishing approaches. So that right there is pretty contrary to the one right above it. I wonder what they're trying to accomplish with this. I mean, who are they trying to convince? Most people aren't going to read this. So is it a manual for themselves that they're doing this? Or I'm not sure. Because, like I say, they are contradicting themselves. They're going to take the power anyway if they can. They don't have to spell it out for us. They don't care about us. So why are they detailing this so carefully, do you think? Who's the audience for this 15-minute this city open data you know, policy thing? From everything that I've seen on it, everything mm -hmm. seems geared to those people who are in favor for it, to those people who have already got their mind indoctrinated, already been subverted, and to thinking, hey, this is the way to go. We need to follow this institute. Or even people that have been paid off and like, okay, yeah, I'll help you with this. So everything that I've been reading and learning on here is to mm -hmm. help people institute this already where they live. You know, it's trying to get people to do this. So I think it's kind of saying, hey, this is what you should do. Hey, this is what we're doing, and then here's how we're going to do it. But I think there's so much there, – there is more than what they're saying here on this. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that is? I'm but everything seems geared toward – Yeah. What? i got Josie here, but I'm going to bring her with you and see if uh, she has a question for you. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's well, all geared what... towards – people trying to institute it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I remember, I, don't know, I think we started, we keep trying to get this topic, but the smart growth uh, in the 90s. And, the, and what they originally, the EPA actually has a huge document. If you look up uh, 1990s EPA and smart growth, they'll talk about infill. In other words, not having suburbs. We want people in cities where they can be better managed. Everybody's in a housing project. And then, of course, you're in a housing project, you don't need cars. You know, and if you don't need cars, then everything has to be close to you. And if everything has to be close to you, you know, then we'll have our, our, your shopping and your employment and your entertainment all in one place. And if they're all in one place, you don't need to go anywhere. So you don't need cars. You don't need roads. You know, everybody has a bicycle. 
and, and nobody wanted that. So then they said, okay, fine, we're going to scare people into it, and that's when climate change came in. So when the smart growth, you know, civil engineer, urban planning idiots failed to, to get people to accept their stupid ideas because we didn't want to be managed that way, you know, people like suburbs. They kind of like rural areas. Um, then they scared the hell out of people and said, well, if, you don't, if we don't do this, if we don't get rid of cars and, and single-family homes, you know, we're all going to die. The climate's going to increase. Well, what? How? Carbon dioxide. Well, please, we know that whole story. I'll talk about that in the third hour. But this is all based on fear. So now the new one is, uh, and both, what they did was um, the EPA had a big document. Um, smart growth, climate change, that kind of stuff in the 90s. And then a lot of counties picked up on that. I remember in Santa Rosa County, uh, California, not to be confused with Florida, had their own county climate protection plan as if that was going to make any difference. And it called for exactly the same things. No single family homes, no, you know, uh, no single driver cars. You know, that was just uh, not, you know, and the whole, you know, not an idea. And the whole green energy deal is the same kind of thing. In other words, we have to reduce energy demand enough so that solar and wind actually do work. <laughs> you know, that's what they're saying. But there is, there's the master plan, then there's the sub plan. So the, I think you're right that the 15-minute city World Economic Forum is the master plan, and they're hoping, you know, big cities adopt it, then small cities adopt it, and it just works its way down the chain. Does that make sense? Yeah and, here's the, yeah, and here's the part that I think really ties into the Amazon thing. It says, Open data should be considered as part of economic, urban planning, and digital or smart city strategies, as well as their supporting policies. And here's what goes into that part a little bit more. It says, all city data infrastructure projects must commit to publishing as open by default and to only using permissions-based access as a last resort for sensitive data attributes, where anonymization or de-identification is neither possible nor practical. Primary registers drawing in and linking data from numerous sources to create trusted and high-quality reference points for physical, economic, social assets. Open data publishing should be considered in the design and implementation of the city's wider data infrastructure, which is in the platform and data infrastructure section, which is later. They've got so much in data. Um, Josie, what do you think of this? I don't know if you had a chance to listen earlier, but uh, Pensacola. Good morning. No, I didn't. I was trying to catch up on some of my stuff. I got up a little late, but I'll catch you up in a minute. <laughs> okay. Well, I got you live here, so let's uh, I'll just uh, tie up. Brianna, right. you've got so much material that we need to talk about, and of course, we always get sidetracked, which I love our discussions. Uh, if you're off for the summer and have the time, I've you know, if you want to do like a two-hour report, you know, we could certainly do that because I think we easily fill it if you have the time to do it. Um, during the summertime, but it's something to think about because you have so much material and so many things that we can talk about. Um, think about it and let me know. But I think we could easily do that um, if you have the time to do that and just make it just an even better record of the material that you're bringing. Um, so that's, I'm going to get to Josie right now. Of course, you can always stay as long as you want, but let's get your, your uh, uh, last comment, sign off, and then um, hang out for, for whatever you want to, and I'll get to uh, Josie. Thank you again for a great discussion. Mm-hmm. This is Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. All right. Very good. You take care. And we'll talk to you soon. And again, think about a longer report because you could certainly do it. I feel like we're just getting started and it's already into Josie's hour. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. 
She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Buenos dias, chica. ¿Cómo está? Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Buenos dias. Dobre ultra. Whatever language you want to speak, you can send us a message so we can learn it. <laughs> yeah, we've got Marco in the Netherlands who's listening too. So, uh, maybe Marcos, we'll send us some Dutch. Marcos. <laughs> yeah. Where's Marco from? The Netherlands? He's- He's Netherlands. Uh, he told us before it's somewhere. Well, I, I was saying Holland before, and he corrected me that Holland is part of the Netherlands. And so, oh, yeah, he, he might he might tell us again, but we'll find you on a map, uh, Marco. But uh, he's out there. Oh, yeah. Good. So what's going on? What's uh, what's happening uh, in in the world destruction? Well, it's a it's a beautiful weather here in Pensacola in Milton. I'm in Milton, but my business I spend most of every day in uh, in Pensacola, so it's a 20 minute drive for me every day, which is nothing, you know. So yeah, people here complain uh, about traffic. Going? And, <laughs> I, little, I said, you want to talk about traffic? I was in the San Francisco Bay Area. It took me an hour and a half to go 13 miles, you know, in San Francisco oh, yeah. in a typical morning. You know, and even when I was going, yeah. even when I was going home at night, it was at like seven, eight o'clock at night. I was going home, and still, you know, three quarters of an hour, upwards of an hour, just to get home. The traffic never stops. There's, there's like a break between two and four in the morning. <laughs> that's that's when it's easy to drive into San Francisco, and then we're talking about all the bridges: Golden Gate, Oakland Bay, the whole bit. So people here have no concept of traffic, and we're going to talk Thursday. I'm trying to get Chuck. Just to change the subject a little bit, I'm trying to get Chuck Marin back on. Remember Strong Towns? Remember when he was on um, oh, with yeah. the videos and everything? Because we've got the big meetings Thursday. I'm still trying. Uh, I'm still trying to get a hold of him. Uh, I'm going to call him again today and see if we can get uh, uh, Charles on tomorrow before the meeting, or even Thursday for the meetings uh, Thursday. I'd rather have him on tomorrow if I can, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Anyway, so we've got some yeah. issues here. People who want to drive through Milton want a super highway, uh, and those of us that want to preserve Milton want our, our two-lane road. Keep it that way. So we'll be talking. Anyway. Back to you. Yes, um, I was just looking at a video this morning, actually, while I was sleeping on some of the things when I woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reporter was approaching a lot of Chinese coming through the border, you know, so they're escaping from China because it is horrible what they're doing in China to their own people, you know. They put mm-hmm. a lot of – they just grab whoever they want, put them in prison, in the United States, orders a, live, uh, a kidney or lungs or heart, and they just choose whoever matches that uh, uh, black type or, or, or the person that they're looking for, you know, and they're just killing innocent people to sell their organs. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. a disgrace to humanity. Oh, it's a holocaust, just like uh, we were talking about earlier with Brianna. It is. I got a question for you. Um, yeah, I, question for you. I don't know if you've looked into this. I remember Gordon Chang's talked about it. Gordon Chang actually was on the show back at WBY uh, after my 2018 CPAC convention. Um, but one of the things he talks about fairly regularly is the fact that there are not enough women for the Chinese men. You know, because they had that that yeah. insane one child policy. Uh, and because Chinese yeah. culture says that the firstborn male, you know, is heir to the family, everything. And so yeah. they were they were aborting girl babies. A, and now a lot of baby they're, girls, 
yeah, they millions and millions of baby girls were aborted because they had this one China policy. Or if they were the firstborn, you know, they do that until they got a boy. And the problem is that, that there are millions upon millions of young Chinese men, and there are simply no women to match them because they were all hmm. killed. And so I'm wondering if some of the um, some of the flood on border because these are they call them what they call military age single men, uh, which could be an army. Mm-hmm. All right. In fact, a, a lot of the men, I think everybody, the, the men in China, you know, join the army. Well, what else do they got to do? There's no there's no wives. There's no you can't make a family. You know, so you can't do what well, normal people do. <laughs> you know, so how much of the the Chinese coming here is an effort of China to get rid of some of their excess men, especially the, what they would consider the less desirable men with the low social credit scores and send them here, just like the Mariel boat list when Castro sent all his criminals here. Do you see a parallel? Yeah, but you know what I just, it just came into my mind as you were speaking this. Uh, maybe this is part of the agenda with the trannies that they're, they're against women. They don't want women to continue having babies. Uh, there's, uh, I think this is like over 50 years ago that this has been going on, and we did not know about uh, against women's uh, right, not only right, but uh, having babies. Because, what, 20 years ago, this thing about the pets, uh, I'm allergic to dogs and cats, but, mm-hmm. I mean, God-created animals, it's, it's fine if you want to have a little puppy or a little cat or whatever in your house. But my niece in Miami, and I think I mentioned it to you before, she will not have a baby. And I said, why not? She said, because this is my baby. So her little dog is her baby, and she's happy with her baby. The baby sleeps in the in the bed with them and everything. And last night uh, when we were dancing Sumba, we had a birthday party at the end, you know, and we had pizza and all kinds of Filipino food. And one of these Latina girl, she goes to me, oh, I brought my baby. He's in a little cage, and I'm like, I don't want to be eating where there's dogs. I mean, I want to be eating peacefully. I don't want to be smelling dogs while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say much because she had him in a little cage, and he was behaving well. Uh, and people that have dogs, they don't think they smell. They do smell. I don't care what kind of dog <laughs> it is. They do smell it, yeah. for somebody allergic like me or anybody that is allergic. And she goes, oh, but, that's my baby. I said, no, it's not a baby. It's a dog. And she yeah. kind of like got a little bit hostile about it. And I said, and let me explain to you. I said, the government's putting in, in children's brain or anybody's brain that this is a baby. I see an older couple by my store. They go back and forth with two little dogs in a stroller. At first, I thought they had a baby, a grandchild. It's a stinking mm-hmm. dog in a stroller. But anyway, that's their... <laughs> no, wait a minute. Thing, this, is actually, this is actually a very important topic because what's happening is that the, the government and, and, and these people are equating human life with animal life. In other words, a human child exactly. is no better than a dog. Than a now, dog? I love dogs too, yeah. but I understand that a dog is a dog and a human is a human and they're different. Yeah, yeah. You know, your yeah. dog is not going to learn to talk. Your dog is not going to carry on your family name. Your dog is not going to bring you endless joy for all the things that kids do. You, you can travel with your dog, but all you do is take care of it. You can't talk about the memories of your trip with the dog. Okay? Dogs are not exactly. going to engage you uh, in meaningful dialogue. Dogs are dogs, and they're wonderful. I don't happen to have one because I don't have the room or the time. Uh, that's my exactly. personal responsibility for not having a dog because I don't have yeah. the time and I don't have the space and I don't want one. But I love dogs. Mm-hmm. For other people, but those who are equating 
you know, a, uh, and this goes, we'll get into the trans thing in just a minute. Cause this is, this is, I see the parallels yeah. here, but if you equate a dog with a human baby, then mm-hmm. that's, that's part that's of the destruction stuff. of humanity because now you're saying exactly. that the human beings are no, so, so you're not, you're, you're elevating the dog, but you're actually bringing down the human being. So in other words, a human child, a human baby is no better than a dog. And if you can euthanize okay. a dog in a homeless shelter, why can't you abort a baby? Because there's no difference. That's incredibly and dangerous. Okay to abort a, see, and it's okay to abort a baby. Nobody gets upset and everybody wants to murder innocent life. But mm-hmm. forget it. You touch a dog, oh, my God. The whole, body, yeah. the whole world will be on top of you on Facebook if you say something bad about a dog or, or somebody broke a little leg or whatever, you know, because some people mm-hmm. are mean. Uh, but yeah, we don't want to be cruel to animals. Creation, but, but they are not human. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. No. There was so a famous... Uh, is... Go ahead. I'll tell you a story. No, go ahead. Go ahead. There was a story in California There's when I was there before I left. Uh, there was a woman who was jogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was jogging in the, in the hills in, in Palo Alto, which is behind Silicon Valley. So Facebook, Google, all that kind of stuff, they're on the flatland. But if you get up in the hills behind uh, Stanford University, uh, there are mountains in those hills. And this woman was jogging on the trail, and I guess she jogged too close to a mountain lion uh, um, den. And the, the, the mountain lion came on and killed her. Of course, she didn't have a gun because it's California. You, know, you can't protect themselves. You can't protect yourselves. And, uh, and so it was interesting when she left two children behind when she was killed. Well, also, then they went out and killed the mountain lion. Because you can't have mountain lions you know, getting used to killing people. So the mountain lion had a couple of cubs. The woman had a couple of children. Guess who got the sympathy from the, the, the whole uh, San Francisco Bay Area? Guess who was adopted first? The cubs or the children? The cubs. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Everybody was like, oh, no, we've got to save the cubs. We've got to save the mountain lions. And I'm for saving mountain lions, too. But I'm also for people carrying guns. You know, if you go jog, and bring a 44 Magnum with you. I mean, to be smart about it. Uh, but you can't do that in California yeah. because you cannot protect yourself from animals in California. Uh, in fact, the mountain lion is specifically protected. Um, but the, the, the cubs, the mountain lion cubs, got all the write-ups, all the money. You know, they did uh, whatever the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, give, send, go was then. The, the mountain lion's got the money. Mm-hmm. The woman's kids did not. And that I always found, I always remember that story just for that reason, that, that that's where the sympathies are. So your dog is not your child. Yeah. Now, people want to joke around if they're saying that that's okay because maybe they can't have kids. And if they, want to, if they want to talk about the dogs as kids, that's okay. But if you actually think of your dogs yeah. as kids, that's where the problem is. It is a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 like I said, Hey, if you want to have a little dog and love him and all that, but the the dog is not a title of a baby. I am so sorry. No, mm-hmm. they're not babies. Yeah. They're animals. And animals will not go to heaven. I don't care if the dogs go to heaven. No, it's not because they only have a body and a soul. They don't have a spirit like us. So mm-hmm. we are made in the image of God. We're different than animals. Animals will never go to heaven. No way. And somebody got upset when I said that. I guess he said, "You're a fool of it," and, you know. To know, oh, really? To read the yeah. Bible. Yeah. And, and and you know how it's, how would animals accept Jesus? You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, animal heaven. Well, it's interesting because I'm very spiritual. I mean, I I actually have spirit animals, and uh, I go biking or riding on the trail, and the rabbits run with me for quite a distance. Actually, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have dragonflies flying beside me. Okay, so I have a real connection with nature. 
but I, I don't if, I don't equate us. We are different. They are animals, and I'm a person. Human beings are different. Yes. Obviously, we have language, we have culture, we have all kinds of things that they the animals don't have. We have refrigerators to store our yes. food, so we don't have to hunt all day. You know what do animals do? Yeah. They they eat poop and have sex with other animals to make more of them. That's what they do. Yes. And so, and also, yeah. you know, Greg, the, mm-hmm. the industry is so corrupt. They're brainwashing people with their little pets. My mm-hmm. niece spent like over two thousand dollars for her three doggies to take mm-hmm. them to have their nails done, clips, so she can tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, shampoo their little bodies and mm-hmm. take care of them. She spent almost $2,000 instead of feeding somebody that is hungry. And you can mm-hmm. bake your dog. You can do the nails. And, and also, the food that a lot of the pets are eating are fully contaminated so they can have cancer, go blind, all mm-hmm. these types of disease. So people are spending thousands of dollars. Now there's insurance for pets. There are cemeteries for pets. It's all a scam, all greed. It's all about money. Just like mm-hmm. cancer, it's all about the money. The cancer, it's uh, it's uh, it's greed. It, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I don't know. Um, just... But I'll I'll tell you what's interesting. Have you ever seen an ad from Planned Parenthood or any abortion clinic uh, advertising for illegal aliens? They want them here. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Okay, so when you talk about the yeah. great replacement, you know, in other words, your everything is being done to take away children from Americans. Nothing America. is being done to take away children from, from illegal aliens. They're given citizenship that no. they are not entitled to by being born here, even though they're illegal. Uh, there's not a single yeah. government program that I know of to encourage illegal aliens to have abortions. I'm not trying to encourage abortions. I'm just pointing out the contradiction. No. Americans You're are right. encouraged to have abortions. I talked with Brianna about that. And part of the reason I wanted to talk <laughs> about that with her uh, is because she's a 16-year-old young woman. I know I kind of broached it carefully. But you lose that first hour. Yeah. She, you, you can talk about her. You can talk about anything to her, Holocaust, you name it. You know, she's extremely knowledgeable yeah, she's person, even though she's, she's still young. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but, uh, oh, here we go. Marco says from the uh, Netherlands, I've got a cemetery for pets. It's called my backyard. He says, except for uh, Bernie's mountain dog uh, from the picture. Right it was too Marco. big to bury. <laughs> Marco's great. Yeah. We've got to get Marco a Skype line. Marco, we got a Skype line. If you can ever call in, um, please, uh, please just you, you can you use the online like Skype line. Too. It'd be great to hear okay. from him. Yeah. Well, we, we, our audience yeah. in the Netherlands is growing. I know because of Marco. So uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely helping. But think about that. There's there's no abortion program for illegals. I mean, the Democrat Party doesn't no. say, "Hey, welcome to America. Look what we've got. We've got abortions. We've got welfare. We've got all these things for you." They don't say that. Yeah. Because abortions are political. And, and what's, um, ha- what's mm-hmm. happening is, um, and like I said, a lot of times years ago, to a lot of the. Uh, the people going in to abort their American children. I, I stood right in front of the front line of the abortion right. clinic, rescuing yep. babies that are going to be slaughtered inside there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, you are murdering our American children to replace them with illegals. And uh, one of the uh, one of the black men, he always called me a racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, I'm a Latina, not racist. No, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> they're no, my yeah, people exactly. coming here, but they need to come. No, see, racist way, is belief. You know? Racism, people use yeah. racism because of a belief system. Your skin color really has nothing to do with it. Larry Elder's black, and they call him a racist all the time. So racist, the charge yeah. of racism really convinced is a political charge. It's an ideological charge. It's like white supremacists. Well, what, what, is, what, what, is, what is supremacist? What's the idea of individual freedom and individual rights? That that's a white idea. Yeah. 
Well, it actually is because it came from Britain, you know, pretty much Magna Carta and other things. So, yes, the origins of our, our most basic freedoms, you know, are with white Europeans. That's just a fact. Mostly men. Yeah. OK, so, does it, it, so is it, that a racist thing? So, no, uh, it's just weird. Anyway, but yeah, so, how'd you, so, 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 so racist. <laughs> so they called you racist for what? What was it based on? Because I'm saying that all the Latinos are coming here to replace Americans. So I'm racist because I'm speaking like that, that all the Latinos yeah. are coming here to replace all mm-hmm. the gringos being slaughtered right there. What does and gringo mean? What does that truth. mean exactly? What's a, what's a gringo? Gringo means I think you're I, white. That's it? White, that's all it blue means? eyes. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, gringo from yeah. America. I'm a gringo. Mm-hmm. Hey, gringo, gringo, you don't have blue eyes. So. <laughs> I you do have only, blue eyes. You don't qualify. What do you mean I don't qualify? Yeah, I think yeah, I do. do. What? When's the last time you think I have hey, brown eyes? Hey, what? You haven't checked. Yeah, look at my pictures. Don't. They're blue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I see yeah. that. Okay, fine. Hey, Greg, I wanted to talk today um, about all the food that they're poisoning. Uh, they want to eliminate Americans yep. uh, with everything. And I'm mm-hmm. just so, so upset that a lot of the older women that I know from my church they're very, very sick, especially one of my closest friends. She's oh, 74. Wow. She's sick as a dog with so many stinking meds. These stinking doctors continue giving her. Well, the meds are designed to kill you. She's under blood pressure. Yeah, yes. yeah. Meds are designed to prolong your life but make it miserable so you take more meds. Meds are almost like, uh, it's almost like they, they destroy you but keep you alive. <laughs> They're like parasites. You know, it's like, a, know. it's like that's what they do. So act in so rebellion. Now, now she, yeah, yeah. Now, she, mm-hmm. now she has high blood pressure, like out of control. Mm-hmm. I took her to the ER uh, a week ago, and it hasn't stopped on and off, on and off. And uh, she's, I think he's, she's taking too many pills. And there is another friend that I know from church also. She don't go to church anymore because she's in bed the whole day. She, when I open her drawers in the kitchen, there's meds like by the pile. I mean, I have never seen anything like it in my life. And now she's buying so much meds online herself because they sell a lot of the meds online. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we need a solution. We need to write a bill, and I don't know how to come up with this. We'll get a few doctors together, maybe Dr. Marble, maybe Dr. Judy. We need to write a bill how to win off Americans from all these killer uh, myths that these people, innocent people, are being hooked by by real doctors, and these doctors are criminals. They're not real doctors. They're in it for the money, because you know the pharmaceutical reps. He comes to your office and they <clears throat> they cater lunch maybe once a month in every office. It's the new thing, mm-hmm. and it's been going on for years. I I've been mm-hmm. in the medical field myself in dentistry, and we did something like that long time ago, a little different. They bring us gifts and all that stuff. Uh, and a lot of doctors get paid off from hooking you with so many, so many meds. Uh, so my solution is we need a team of doctors that they can help us get these people off meds. And, uh, yeah, I, we're, we're you know what I'm thinking? We're desperate. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah, no, I understand that. I don't know if this is necessarily a legislative solution. Product liability is a legislative solution, but they, these doctors already have sure. product liability and malpractice, and it's not working. So this is, I think, a willpower issue. I think that uh, we, we had Katie here in the studio yesterday, 
And uh, Katie Cable uh-huh. is going to be producing the show once she, she figures all the stuff out. She'll be doing social media and all kinds of amazing things. But part of her training uh, and her expertise is broadcast journalism. So I, I, I'm going to talk to her about this uh, probably after the show. Maybe this is something we should make our first movie, our first action radio movie. And we do like a panel discussion with maybe you, me, uh, Dr. Villon, uh, Dr. Marble, and a bunch Dr. Of, Thorpe. And a, bunch of, and a bunch of people that they're hooked on meds. Exactly. Because they're afraid to get off. You know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should make a movie on this. Um, that uh, this might be. I'll, I'll talk to Katie and, and see. You know, and uh, we and it'd be unscripted. We just you know, and we do it maybe in Dr. V's office, Dr. Viglione's office, uh, and we just get different yeah. panels together, or we go to different places. It might take a few different you know discussions. We put it together. Uh, we need to start making movies, uh, documentary films. Yeah. And then we'll send it to Dinesh D'Souza and say, Hey, dude, you're not the only one. You know, maybe you can share our film, <laughs> you know, but why not? I mean, this would yeah. be a huge film and you, yeah. you, you're right there. You would be able to, to set the, the different subjects because you talk to all these people because you, you know, you deal I with hospital uniforms nurses. and people. Exactly. You talk mm-hmm. to the nurses. So let's yeah. find out from the nurses how they feel about handing over all these prescriptions. Let's talk to a pharmacist. Let's talk. We, we know a pharmacist who's really good, who's really good during COVID. They might want, they may want to talk to us anonymously. So I'm not going to mention the name now, but we, yeah, you know, don't um, mention the name. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not stupid. Um, but the I thing is, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, always, I always caution people, too, about mentioning stuff, especially when they want to get a phone number. It's like, you better be careful. We've got a long reach on this yeah. show. Anyway, but the point is that maybe they would come on uh, anonymously and maybe mm-hmm. we get the pharmacist's point of view. Uh, remember that video of the pharmacist who was happily giving COVID shots knowing that had, with no clue of what was in them? None. And when they were yeah. told of that, they even got the knowledge. You know, and they still yeah. were giving the COVID shots because, well, it's my job. I have to. No, you don't. And you, and you know, some of our local hospitals are still insisting the new people get the COVID shot. And I thought we were done with that. I thought Ron DeSantis said that it's not necessary. And they need to stop this killing machine. We had a young uh, nurse yesterday. He says, I have mm-hmm. to have the COVID in order to get this job here in my local hospital, you know, the, near me. And, right. uh and he was in shock when my husband spent about 40 minutes with the guy when I left to go to my class. Mm-hmm. And I just bombarded him with a lot of videos. He said, please send me all the information. Because right before I walked out, because I was running late to go to my class, he mm-hmm. goes, you know, I'm a runner. He goes, and I've been having chest pain. And I said, stop running. He, and he looked at me kind of weird. I said, stop running now or you're going to collapse and die. And you have, he was telling my husband, he has a four-year-old little boy and all that. So you want to mm-hmm. be there for your little boy. I said, stop running because you're going to have a heart attack and you, who knows where you're going to be running. You, they might not get to you in time to save you. And that's when he started learning all this. He didn't know about it. He knew mm-hmm. a little bit about blood clots, but he didn't know much about what's really going on with this vaccines. So... Well, you can dissolve the blood clot, as I understand it, right? Yeah, is is yeah. Cardio Miracle the product? Or what's, the, what's the product you know that, that works best on blood clots? Because everybody should take it you know, just as a precaution if you've had a COVID shot. Uh, well, there's a lot of stuff coming out by Dr. Artis. He, he's talking about That's right. the nicotine patch now, and uh, you need to uh, invite him so he can give us the latest, really, the, uh, invite Dr. Artis. Uh, there is... Uh, uh, chlorine, uh, I cannot pronounce that word, chlorine diets. Uh, that's one of the things that we are taking daily because we're around uh, a lot of vaccinated people, you know. Oh, hydroxychloroquine? So, that one? No, 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 no. Uh, 
it's chloride, chloride something. I'll, I'll send you the pictures in a second here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're taking this to kind of like detox, to clean our, our bodies from this. Uh-huh. Wow. And uh, it, it even cures cancer. It, it it kills everything. Let me tell you, it's one of the best uh, meds that you can get. Um, and it's only forty dollars for the whole thing. Let's see if huh. I can find it and send it. <clears throat> and we're detoxing with that daily. Me and my husband and Helen, my Filipino girlfriend, she's a nurse. She introduced us to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some doctors in California. Uh, rescuing people from that. And uh, Dr. Artis's magnesia is one of the best uh, meds, too. So I would yeah, magnesium recommend to is, go to... Yeah, that regulates your temperature. That's why magnesium is so important. Uh, yeah. Magnesium is the one ingredient missing from Gatorade that would actually help it. You know, the people drink Gatorade when yeah. they're getting all hot and sweaty out and doing athletics and out in the sun and stuff. But it doesn't have magnesium. Yeah. So it actually is counterproductive. And I, I'm sure they know that because uh, they could have added magnesium to it. So eat high magnesium foods. A, Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a website, Artist Club uh, Experience, uh, and he has a club right now that uh, it's, uh, it's, it's helping a lot of people. He's given all the information you need to know how to detox from the COVID shot. Uh, yeah, the magnesium citrate, extra strength, it's one of the right. best uh, some of the people were talking about. Okay. Uh, if you take one daily, for you, for me, for anything, it helps you with everything. It, it helps you regulate your blood pressure, and it helps you with a lot of that I did not know, you know. So no, I check foods high in magnesium, which I think is something that I, uh, uh, I'm i usually pretty good with. Um, I always go to the diet yeah. first. So foods, hang on, foods high magnesium. Oh, and, and before I forget, uh, the new virus that the criminals, Bill Gates uh, was talking about it. It's called SARS, S-E-E-R-S. That's going to be the new virus for 2025. So this is why we need product liability. Uh, We need vaccine product liability. And, you know, I I was watching um, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's been on the show. He knows about our vaccine bill. He He knows about our big tech bill. He Mm -hmm. was great. But he was just on last night, and I watched the replay this morning at 5 o'clock, with uh, Dan Ball of One American News. And Peter McCullough talked uh-huh. about the dangers of the messenger RNA vaccine, how they're going to bring out a whole new messenger RNA vaccine for flu, and it's going to be just as bad as the COVID shots. He's saying all these things. I'm like, oh, Peter, yeah. talk about vaccine product liability. He never mentioned it. He says, we have to get rid of these vaccines. Yeah. And I'm like, the only way, yeah. Ed Dow told remember when Ed Dow was here, the Wall Street uh, um, investment guy? Yeah. He said, if there's yeah. vaccine product liability, they will be off the shelves. They will be gone. And yeah. yet... McCullough was on. He never mentioned our bill. Nobody does. This is the thing I don't know. Yeah. Hey, here's some uh, magnesium foods. Almonds, cashews, flax seed, although I don't do seeds anymore. Peanuts. I don't like peanuts either. Pumpkin seeds. I eat a lot of those because they have zinc. Chia seeds. Don't know what they are. Black beans. Uh, edam. Oh, chia. Like I drink a lot of chia. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not, not chai. That's different. That's C-H-A-I. This is C-H-I-A. Chia. Yeah, a lot of magnesium. Chia. Okay, black beans, mm-hmm. uh, edamame, whatever those are. I think they're weird. Lima beans, uh, quinoa, shredded wheat, although I don't do carbs anymore. Milk has a lot of uh, magnesium. Yogurt does. Uh, spinach, chard, collard greens, avocados. There we go. This is my food, right? Avocados, bananas, and blackberries. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, so uh, avocados are great for everything. 
I have a lot of avocados. They're good for brain food, good for your hair. <laughs> All the things I eat, you know, make me smarter and uh, um, and do that. Peas, corn, <laughs> potatoes, dark chocolate. Yeah. Dark chocolate has a lot of magnesium in it. Isn't that great? So you can get magnesium in a bunch of places. But, you know what? I, uh, go ahead. But the latest, the latest on dark chocolate or, or Hershey chocolate, I should say, it has oh. lead. They have discovered it. Uh, oh, lead and chocolate. Yeah. chocolate. They're putting lead. <laughs> Yeah, Hershey's yeah. chocolate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a video. Remember the video that talked about plastic and the rice and uh, all these different things that was on it? It's in our Action Radio yeah. Life, Life and Health coaching page. Yeah. Hershey's has lost their way ever since they went trans. Let's talk about transing for a minute because I heard something rather staggering yesterday that the trans movement, a lot of it is, is designed to, to make heterosexual men be interested in men. <laughs> in other words, they, try, they want to make straight guys into gay guys by having them be interested in trans men that look like women that are still men. Yeah. Remember when that thing came out that said that, uh, you know, that men won't date trans men or trans women. Well, of course not. Cause they're men, men, mm-hmm. men, straight men don't date men. Uh, that's what makes us straight men. Yeah. We don't date men. Um, and, and just, in fact, you know, we see guys kissing on the movies and we, we, we get sick to our stomachs. That's, and that's not a it's prejudice. Disgusting. That's just a, that's just a natural action. Okay. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you can yeah. tell the straight guys. We used to, we joke about this in San Francisco years ago. And so you can always tell the straight guys in the movie, they're the ones clutching their stomachs when the gay scene comes on with a couple of guys. It is really funny. And the gay guy's like, yeah, more, yeah, go for it. And the straight guy's like, oh, I feel sick. I can't watch this. You know, it's so funny, but it's just a natural reaction. Yeah. So gay men and straight men are different. Hey, but, go ahead. Did you, get, did you get the picture I just sent you with uh, chlorine dioxide? Well, if you just a, sent it. Two drops of each. Hmm? If you just sent it, I haven't even looked at it yet. You. Oh, Netrochlor. Oh, okay. okay, there we go. Yeah, I got it now. Uh-huh. Netrochlor. Chlorine dioxide. It's... Dr. Rose. So, so I know it's producer. How to take it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you this, can post that directly. This is one of the uh, best. Yeah. Are, are you in our... Well, are you in our... Actually, you can do. You can help out. Are you in our Action Radio Life and Health Coaching page? I don't know. But okay. I have I'll to learn you... how to put those pictures and things and videos. <laughs> but you can put just, it just on. Just do a comment. But, just, do, uh, just like you posted it in Messenger, you post best... it the same way in a comment. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll, give you but, a, I'll send you a membership. This is, uh, this is one of the best. Uh, my girlfriend already cured her husband with prostate cancer. Uh-huh. And she's giving him that. And, and his skin looks so nice. And I was like, man, I, I can't believe how good he looks. He, he's been very ill for a long time. But I want to continue with the food. Forget the gays and the trannies and the garbage. Oh, let's go back to food. That sounds good. Thanks. No, I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. I, want to, I want to continue with this med. Uh, all, everything, everything that we're eating is on purpose poisoned by this criminal government that we have. And there's big, big people behind this whole thing. Uh, like lipstick. What am I going to do? I put lipstick every day. It's contaminated right. with lead also and contaminated mm-hmm. with metal and other stuff that they make it in, in on purpose. Like corn oil is the worst for your body. So you have to for use lead? olive oil. No, no, well, no. Even no, olive oil is not I'm that good. The lipstick uh, thing. You know, corn you know, oil is discovered... bad for your body. Yeah. It gives you cholesterol, high cholesterol. Well, cholesterol is mm-hmm. not bad. That's, so, that's a... Well, and you need a little bit of cholesterol, but not too much. Well, if every cell in your body. Oil, it's better than corn. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Olive oil is better than the yeah. seed oils, but there are better oils than olive oil. Avocado oil is better than olive oil by far. Do you know what I've discovered? Mm-hmm. And this is something that CJ, CJ, who does our wellness now uh, on Thursdays, uh-huh. uh, talk about it. And, and Chancy uh, used to talk about um, avocado yeah, and, Chancy, and coconut. Yeah. Talk about avocado and coconut all the time. But there's mayonnaise mm-hmm. out there now that's avocado mayonnaise, and it's expensive, but it's really good. And there's no seed oil. So I don't, uh, so that's what I use now for my, my salad, salmon salad mixture uh, is avocado oil mayonnaise. And there's a couple of companies that, uh, that put it out. One's like eight bucks, the other and, 10 and, bucks a jar. <laughs> but it's good. No yeah. seed oils. Think about it. And, no soybean. Yeah. 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 And see, um, for now, knows that they're injecting the cattle, the pigs. They're uh, putting hormone on the chickens and they're mm-hmm. tampering with the food for the chickens and everything mm-hmm. to poison us. They're injecting it with the, with the COVID vaccine to make sure everybody's vaccinated here in America. I don't know if it's going on around the world. Uh, and now, we did, so people said, well, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm not going to eat pork. Well, guess what? They're doing it on a vegetable because Bill Gates has his hand on a lot of the vegetables coming from Mexico to the United States. It has special coating, you know, that those are Bill Gates' uh, uh, evil doers uh, together with the Mexican farmers. They're paying them big bucks. Our milk is contaminated. I cannot buy no more milk because from the regular uh, store because my face starts breaking. I don't know what's going on. So I yep. started buying whole milk, like, like it even has a little cream in the top. It's so pure. Uh, from uh, Bailey's, uh, it's like a fresh market here in Pensacola. And you can tell the difference when you're drinking it. And my face doesn't break anymore. So it, oh, goat milk is one of the best. You know, it's very healthy for your teeth. Strong teeth you will have with uh, goat milk. But they don't want you to have all this uh, uh, farmer's thing they're they're burning all the chickens in miami and a lot of the uh, land uh where a lot of the uh, farmers uh especially a lot of the mexicans have farms you know like small farms to sell chicken the uh-huh. the uh, police police came and burned a lot of uh, which is the health department and all that with the police they came and burned i don't know how many thousands and thousands of chickens in miami they just burned and they said they had a bird flu and they they're coming up with all kinds of excuses and the same thing is going in some of the other countries about the chickens too mm-hmm. uh, so this is an agenda to destroy our food supply and for us to uh, get bio like bio milk for babies now that it comes from Bill Gates you know right and that's the thing and I tell women I tell pregnant women I said don't be given that formula that is at the supermarket now because they got rid of all the good formula they destroy with big cranes up at the border, and, and the illegals could not carry all the free milk because they only have a backpack, you know, and they're on foot. So right. if they would have a car or a truck, they would have taken it all, but they were destroying a lot of the milk, uh, and now it's been replaced by Bill Gates' milk, which is bio milk, but a lot of people don't know about it. So yeah. it's, it's just corruption like you've never seen before. So what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? It's just it's horrible. Well, that's the worst in the food supply because medicine we can deny. You know, one thing we can talk about, and this is for, this is something people still have a free will when it comes to all these meds out there. So they're choosing to take them. Yeah. Yes, the doctor's ordering it. Yes, it's a prescription. Yes, they're in the white lab coat. And yes, they look official. But you can still say no. I said no to blood thinners mm-hmm. after they almost killed me. 
And I've never taken these again, yeah. even though they insisted. Well, you have to have these to have a stroke. Well, you know what? Six years later, no stroke. Gee, surprise. My weight's coming down finally. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so, so yeah. I'm a really big fan of modern medicine. But here's the thing. So, uh, I discovered something. Uh, I heard about this not too long ago. This thing called Appeal, A-P-E-E-L. Uh, this is a Bill Gates thing they've come up with. They do this coating on fruits and vegetables so they don't quite, you know, turn brown, which is what they're naturally supposed to do. So the way you can tell, uh, uh-huh. what, they have a label that actually says Appeal, A-P-E-E-L, with this little apple and uh, you know, a couple of leaves coming off. Yeah. So you see the Appeal label, you don't yeah. buy it. Now, yeah. knowing that, knowing that people aren't going to buy it when they see that label, I'm kind of curious why they're putting that label on. But if you've got fruit and vegetables that don't um, look bad after a while, you know, uh, if they don't ripen, then they probably got this stuff on it uh, or it's labeled. But you don't buy it. But the biggest problem is the food yeah. supply. See, now they see that this is the way they can get it to everybody. Food and water, because we all need food and water. We don't all need exactly. meds. You, you, have to, you can bribe people. You can force people. You can mandate to take meds. But you can't compel them to do it unless you physically restrain them and jab it into their arm. But we all need mm-hmm. food. And if every part of the food supply I know. has something horrible in it, what it means is we have to be super conscious of uh, our own immune system. Now, how do we develop immunity? I'll tell you something. I just learned this from my chiropractor the <laughs> other day, um, that uh, strawberries take mercury out of your system. I didn't know that. So oh. you eat a whole bunch of strawberries. If you eat a whole bunch of strawberries on an empty stomach, wait like ten hours or whatever it is. You know, I guess drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. It takes the mercury out. So there are ways to detox. So all these things out there, there's usually a detox, and and that's our best defense, is to build up our immunity, do our exercise, eat foods that that block some of these nasty things, or dissolve the blood clots, or take some of the bad things out. It's too bad we have to fight it, but you know we need to we need to take this on any way we can. We can do it legislatively. But I think you and I should work on a movie talking about why we don't need meds. You know, all the meds that we no, don't need. I don't take you know, anything. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't take anything either. I got a, I got a cabinet still full of vitamins. Of, yeah, I don't know. I don't take vitamins. You, you know, the vitamins are full of chemicals. Yes, they do good, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they're made mm-hmm. with chemicals too. Yeah. So I take the walnuts. best thing is to eat healthy and all that. But now I cannot eat all this healthy because. They're tampering with our fruits and lettuce and all that. It's, and, you know, a lot of the eggs that they're coming to maybe Walmart and Sam's Club and all these big uh, marketplaces, I think a lot of the eggs are being made in China. And some of them are rubbery, like plasticky. And people don't know. Yeah. And right. See, I get my eggs from a friend. I don't, I don't buy commercial eggs anymore. I don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, well, we I'd love eggs, to find our chickens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our I love chickens local are laying dairy. eggs. Yeah. Well, that's good. And you got, you got uh, bees, too. So your honey is great, by the way. So if you guys haven't got to uh, Ruth's Uniform Shop and, and tried, uh, you know, Ruth's Honey, <laughs> you know, or whatever you call What do you call it? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, but, it's uh, local we, honey. It's raw honey. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we only filter it once. So it has a lot of the pollen in, which is so good for your body, allergies mm-hmm. on your area, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. And this but, is what we're always trying to do. Local eggs, local honey. You know, I, I wish we had a dairy around here, like a local dairy, like an organic I dairy. Know. We got we got plenty of grass there. I'm gonna look into that. So, so you know, look, I wonder if there is a local. My dairy. Uh, yeah. my girlfriend uh, Marisol and us were doing our own uh, vegetable. I bought six like flower bed plants, like very big. Right. And uh, she had a bunch small ones, so we're we're planting green beans, squash. Uh, she's growing a lot of the garlic already. 
onions, all type of uh, uh, greens like uh, cilantro, uh, mint, which is good for salads. So then she has a regular little garden behind her uh, house, and I'm helping her with, uh, with some of the dirt, you know, to help her pay for it. And, and she's mm. home all day long, so she keeps an eye on the stuff, and I'm not home all day. So, But I'm doing the chicken. She's doing the, the vegetables for us, you know. So you have to buy your vegetable. You know, Greg, there is a, there's a, a Woodbine by Pace Pharmacy next door. Mm-hmm. There is a, a like a I'm not gonna say a flea market. What do you call that? Like a market, mm-hmm. uh, like a farmers market. Eggs. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not a lot of fruit or vegetable, but there is an old guy that he just started coming with his fresh vegetable, and I bought a bunch, lettuce hmm. and everything. <clears throat> this Saturday. Well, Palafox Market. So we need. Uh, if you go, to, you go to Palafox yeah. Market in Pensacola on on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, they have not that. I got a couple. Expensive. Oh, okay. Nah, well, there I'm should be a dairy there. there. I got to find a. We we need a market in in Milton. I'm hoping they turn the courthouse into the courthouse market. And got a I'm looking comments. for fresh chickens. I'm looking okay. for fresh chickens because I'm not going to kill mine, of course. <laughs> yeah, you don't you, you don't kill anybody, the chickens that lay your eggs. So I'll see if yeah, I can find a chicken farm. Lay- we need local yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, so we got some comments on live chat that uh, we got one here. It says uh, from uh, New Orleans, wake up. I cook with avocado uh, oil and extra virgin olive oil. I stick with the avocado oil. You'll be better Ooh. off. Here's one. Camel's oh, milk yeah. is, the, is the healthiest milk. Camel's milk? Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, I've never, I this is the first I've heard of that. that. It's, it's worth checking out. Uh, got another one here. It says all milks are actually liquid meat. That's interesting. Um, another New Orleans, wake up again. I eat strawberries daily. And there's another person, uh, oh, uh, Pence. <laughs> I, hard to pronounce that. He says, I once worked on a strawberry farm. Strawberries are beautiful. Yeah. So here's what I've noticed. Okay. So talk about here's production. Here's factory food versus regular food. So the biggest source of, of strawberries is Watsonville, California, um, Driscoll mm-hmm. and some other berry thing. Um, but I've, I've noticed lately when I, there's nothing else. I like buying the local, you know, preferably. But they started to taste like cardboard, and so I'm not going to buy them anymore. So they've changed something. They're not worth it. Um, but with these local, there's a Louisiana berry farm that I found in, in Publix, and I think uh, Winn-Dixie also. Those strawberries are fabulous. They actually taste like strawberries, the way they used to taste. Yeah. You know, sweet and tangy and wonderful. So if your strawberries taste like cardboard, mm-hmm. they're probably, they could be genetically modified, although they say strawberries aren't. Yeah. Uh, they might have something to them, but they're, or they're just mass breeding them or they're fertilizing. Whatever it is they're doing to them, they taste like cardboard. And so, and if you notice, and if you notice uh-huh. some of the strawberries are humongous. I never seen a strawberry that huge That's not like a, that. It almost no. looks like a like yeah, a I always buy the smaller ones. Yeah. I don't go for that. Yes, yeah, like, like avocados. If you notice, yeah. there's and if you notice, there's a lot of uh, like grapes. They're trying uh-huh. to take the seeds, so you because the seeds of the grapes, if you chew and eat them, they have a special chemical. To oh, really? kill some of the bad cancer cells in your system, so they don't want huh. you to be cured. They don't want you to help yourself. So, or or you cannot replant them. They want for you to buy more seeds. It's all, it's all well. Yeah, they sterilize the, the seeds. Thing. I think they radiate them. Yeah, that's a that's a huge scandal too. Yeah. You should be able to. Uh, well, I'll tell you a weird experiment. This one was a kid in Australia. We had watermelon seeds. And we took them and we uh, said, let's plant these seeds from, you know, commercial watermelon. We bought it in the store. Uh, And so let's see what happens. So we planted them and these vegetable marrows Uh grew up. These squashes grew up. 
I said, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. We planted watermelon seeds, what? and these, these squash plants grow up. Yeah, really strange. Wow. Um, so they were modified. Yeah. And this is back in the 60s. So we're talking about a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. So they might have been modifying it. Maybe and, they modified them badly. Yeah. Yeah. Let huh. me uh, let me ask some of the audience. Uh, they're putting comments. Sure. Uh, are the Can you see the comments? Being, yeah. Are the vegetables being? Uh, I'm asking them so they can reply. Are the huh? vegetables in your areas or your country, wherever you are? Do you think they're contaminating them too, like here in America? Do you know of? Let's find out. We'll see what yep. they say. We've yeah. got about three different, uh, so, four different people on. No, we've got three different people on. So let's yeah. see what they uh, uh, say. We got. I know one's American. That's uh, New Orleans Wake Up. Uh, he's another blog talk uh, host. Uh, be wise as serpents. <laughs> be wise as serpents. Oh, that's what that finally is. Okay. I think they're from Florida, but in Germany. Uh, we know that Marco's in, in the Netherlands. Uh, be, wise your pants. be wise as serpents says uh, seedless equals GMO. So they're genetically modified. Uh, oh, here we go. Be wiser, be wise as serpent says Franken fed, Franken med. Yeah. Well, I, I call trans surgery Frankenstein medicine, um, just mm-hmm. because I want to pick a nice, you know, a nice nasty name for that, or is what I call it now, cosmetic elective surgery. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. It's cosmetic surgery. Yeah. You're yeah. not becoming a civil rights group. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not uh, you don't suddenly change your status. You don't change your chromosomes. You don't change anything. You've just had cosmetic surgery. Okay, fine. I don't mind that, but let's, let's yeah. call it what it is. Pay for it you yourself. Know, yeah, you're not a civil rights group. You're just someone that's had cosmetic surgery and drug treatments. That's it. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. Any other yeah. comments on the thing? Not yet, but uh, sometimes it takes a bit. Okay. Uh, but anyway, now can you see live uh, chat? Are you on the broadcast page when you're when you're talking to me on the phone or no? No, I just call. Okay. What you can do because no, it, it's only a, it's, they're only on during the live chat. So I send you and I sent to Brianna the link to the show this morning. So what you can do for next week okay. um, is, or even yeah, you only have a few minutes now. But for next week, click on the link to the show and turn the sound off so you don't get an echo. You get like a feedback or a delay. Okay. Um, but just you, you can read the comments as they come in. I think Brianna can do that too. I don't oh, mind doing okay. it myself. Uh, in fact, Katie's going to be the one doing most of the the responses to the live chat. That's going to be uh, that's going to be her department. You know, when she starts producing, because I, good. you know, I don't, I don't like to interrupt my commentary, you know, and, and be distracted. Um, but uh, for now, it's okay. But if you have a message for the folks on, uh, listening online uh, or, or live chatting, yeah, or listening online, yeah, feel free. You can talk to them directly. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do yeah, before. We just have ask. To help just each other just from ask this, a question. We have yeah. to help each other from this corrupt government, and mm-hmm. m- maybe in many countries, but I know it's here. And uh, a lot of the, a lot of the fruits, vegetables, it comes from Mexico, El Salvador. Um, I think that's about it that I know of. A lot, um, a lot of the bananas come from El Salvador. Well, yeah, I got guatemalan bananas uh-huh. in the store now, and I worry about them when they say organic. How organic are they? But uh, bananas, you know, pretty yeah. decent. Um, do you know what I find interesting? Avocados. There's only two places yeah. you can get good avocados from from Mexico. The Haas avocado, I'm from California. I don't like Bolivian. Yeah. I don't like Peruvian. I don't like Chilean avocados. I don't like Dominican Republic avocados. They suck. Okay, quite frankly, they suck. They can't do it right. But, uh, what do you like? Some... you like the little avocados, the small ones? Well, the big ones are, are horrible, too. They're, they're Frankenstein avocados. Oh. They've got to be GMO'd. I don't think they're natural. No, I like the Haas, H-A-S-S, avocado. Uh, uh-huh. And that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. here's a comment for you. It says, in Louisiana, we prepare okra many different ways. 
Uh, so anything that's an antioxidant mm-hmm. is anti-cancer. That's what antioxidant means. It stops the oxidation yeah. of cells, which causes cancer, right? So this is, we don't just fry them. We smother, smother and stew okra with shrimp, with chicken, and or sausage. We cut okra and cook them with butter beans and, and crowder peas oh, and gumbo. Wow. This okra was brought here from Africa during the slave trade. Many African dishes use okra in food preparation. Well, that's interesting. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, Warren, wow. anything you want to tell us about okra is, is anything you want to tell us about anything, actually. It's fair game. But okra, apparently, that's a southern thing. And I didn't know it came from Africa. You know, but I guess that's a, oh. a plant based. You know, I don't know if it's a mm-hmm. vegetable, what it's, what it's considered. But anyway, uh, it sounds like it's got anti, antioxidant properties. Yeah, I've tried it. It's okay. My husband mm-hmm. loves okra. Okay. Yeah, in Alabama, they grew up fried okra and all well, that's the south. okra. But yes, they, yeah. they put it in gumbo in uh, Louisiana mm-hmm. a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the mm-hmm. main thing, I think. So, but uh, that's good. And shrimp. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for replying. Uh-oh. Another one here loves this is I love gumbo seafood gumbo yeah the, the uh, oh here's one uh, Warren uh, excuse me Marco says uh, did you already talk about the truck hitting the White House I don't know anything about that when was that like just during what? our show he says did oh, you already know. talk about the truck hitting the White House uh, no Marco because I didn't even know about it <laughs> I didn't know either <laughs> he says seems like a staged event. Look. Well, he says, seems like a staged event. And I'm thinking, you know what? That would, that would make sense. Whenever, whenever Brandon's low in the polls, or as I'm calling him now, uh, you know, President Max Headroom. Did you see my comment on face? Do you remember Max and Headroom that, and from, also, the, from the 80s? Yeah, from yeah, the okay. 80s, yeah. Yeah. And I think the flag was uh, halfway at the uh, White House. I think somebody was talking about it, but I'm not sure if it's true or not. Oh, so I don't know. Why? Who died? I don't know. Did he die recently? Well, an actor just died at 58, so that to me is a COVID shot. Because yeah. we know all those Hollywood people yeah. took uh, took their jabs, you know, obediently. It says, yeah. uh, oh, here's uh, Marcos got a thing, Reuters, which is the, which is the German AP, basically. U.S. It says a box truck crashes into security barriers near White House. A Nazi flag was found uh-huh. in the truck. Okay, so this is a stage event, right? The flag was laid out uh, outside the truck for the for the special photo op. And then uh, another comment in politics, nothing happens by accident. It happens. uh, If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. And and the flag looked brand new. That's Marco. So here's, so here's what this is. This is like the Reichstag fire. So the left is trying desperately to convince people that leftist Nazis are actually, you know, right wing. In other words, anarchists, extreme right wing, but there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a right wing dictatorship. The, the, the ultimate right wing is anarchy, which is no government at all. So the idea of trying to equate Nazis, the real Nazis are the left. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Democrat Party, the yeah. KKK. These folks are leftist groups, yeah, they're all and they're very left. dangerous. The FBI is now what I consider a, a leftist group. They're their own political uh, entity now. And I'm gonna start, and I know about that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Do you think of the FBI as its own political entity? It's actually a militant political group, BIKGB. Well, we're going we're gonna to delete completely the fbi CIA, they're not going to exist no more we're going to replace them with a new agency because this is this is one of the biggest corrupt way back back in the hmm. 50s this, this, this corruption is so deep and yeah. they have so much power and control that they're not listening to no one no one can stop them but the military will stop sure them. they can. Well, and a lot of people can stop them, but they don't. I mean, Congress could delete their no, butt no, and they don't have to go they home. No, no, they can. Look. Sure they can. They're in charge. 
No, not right now, sweetie. Not right now. You well, not cannot right now, arrest FBI. Yeah. No, look. Because President Headroom is in the White House. So, yeah, you can't do it now. No, he's not in the White House. He's puppet. This is a puppet, a clone. Obama's the one in the basement doing, dictating everything. But yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. what's happening is, yeah, this, this puppet, I think he's already been dead. This is a clone. Uh, <laughs> just like the, uh, uh, the Supreme Court. They yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna arrest they're not gonna look at the evidence they're not gonna do anything because a lot of them are blackmail a lot of these supreme uh, like John Roberts he's been blackmailed I don't know how many times <clears throat> so the only way is the military way to just organize and take care of everything and then things will go back to normal but uh, it's, it's now, gonna be uh, a big chaos obviously we disagree yeah, but on anyway this. I, don't is not the way. I don't have a lot of time oh that's fine but uh, yes. I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, find out what happens with the White House. I I didn't know anything about yeah, it. Thank you, right Marcos, for giving us the information. Is, well, let me give yeah. you the details. This is Reuters, right? Uh, Nathan Howard, which sounds like a very, very right? <laughs> yeah. Driver detained as truck crashes near White House. Nazi flag found. Well, since the the Democrats mm-hmm. are the closest thing to the Nazi party we have here in this country right now, uh, yeah. leftists, you know, the American Communist Party, the Democrat Party, and the Nazi Party, pretty much the same thing. They all want totalitarian government. They all want absolute control. They want to control the media. They want a decadent population. They want to remove Christianity. It's all the same stuff we know about. We've been talking about the whole, the whole show today. It is, uh, the U.S. Secret Service said it detained the driver of a rented box truck. Yeah, he's probably an FBI operative, but was there January 6th? Betcha, betcha. Betcha we trace this guy that was there. I bet you that driver of that truck was also a January 6th, uh, you know, forcing people into the Capitol. Betcha. Anyway. It says, driver of a rented box truck that crashed into the security barriers near the White House on Monday night, perhaps intentionally, perhaps intentionally, <laughs> but that there were no injuries or, or ongoing danger. To the Reuters witness, uh, said investigators found a Nazi swastika flag that apparently came from inside the truck, which crashed into the barriers at Lafayette Square adjacent to the White House grounds. Now, what kind of an idiot would crash into the White House uh, with, a, with a Nazi flag on board? I mean, unless that was staged. That is so ridiculous. First of all, if they're proud of their Nazi heritage, they would wave that flag sitting on the outside of the truck, not the inside of the truck. So obviously they wanted to preserve for the crash. Then it says officers retrieved the flag and plastic evidence bag that had been laid out on the sidewalk following the crash. So they actually laid out the flag. Isn't that special? And it was a U-Haul. So it was a rented truck. So this is definitely an FBI uh, operation is what it sounds like. So preliminary invest- what, they're do- mm-hmm. what they're doing, Greg, is they're trying to distract the American uh, people from what really going on behind in the courthouses and everything right now, and mm-hmm. you know, Greg, I was I was uh, listening to the X report and also Bernie RTV Truth and RTV. Mm-hmm. They're saying that there were like over 200 FBI at the J6 uh, in Washington D.C. on January the 6th. Oh, at least 200 FBI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Emma they're, Robinson they're yesterday. In it. If you, if you go to Frank's mm-hmm. speech, you go to Emma Robinson's report, she had yesterday, someone had actual video of how the Proud Boys were, were tricked and forced into uh, the Capitol building. And so what they were mm-hmm. said was that the Proud Boys were leading an invasion of the, of, of the Capitol building. When in actual fact, you look at the videotape, the person doing it explained, and it's on, I think, uh, Revolver News is a good way to find this. They were actually following. The police were pushing him in. Um, here's something interesting. You know what's missing from this report? Uh, is the name of the driver. But- well, wouldn't they know the name of the oh. driver? Okay. I mean, it's the first thing you know. The, the first thing the police do is, is identify the, the, the perp. They caught the perp. 
His name's not here, which leads me to yeah. believe it's an FBI operative, right? This is WUSA television showed a video of a box, box U-Haul truck. So this actually rent, this is a rent truck. Somebody who rented it not for the mm-hmm. purpose of, uh, of of hauling stuff from here to there, which is what everybody else does with the U-Haul truck, right? Uh, it's just stopped outside alongside a row of steel bollards and uniform law. So they, they crashed into something that wasn't going to hurt anybody. That's interesting. With uniform law enforcement officers yeah. and a dog approaching the vehicle. Uh, a remote-controlled robot pried open the truck's rear door, revealing, uh, revealing a dolly but no other obvious cargo. So not only did somebody rent the truck, they, were, they kept it empty. <laughs> okay? So yeah. why would you rent an empty – why would okay. you rent a, a U-Haul truck and keep it empty? That doesn't make sense either unless you're returning it, right? Well, they weren't. They were heading for the White House. So that doesn't oh, make yeah. sense. What else, what else doesn't make sense? Uh, so a witness who crashed posted a brief video on social media showing the truck driving into the barricades. So they intentionally drove an empty rented truck into barricades with a Nazi flag on board. Gee, that's not suspicious. <laughs> yeah. FBI. Hmm. That's definitely an FBI operation. Yeah. Or CIA. And you know, Greg, there have been, uh, I don't know in total how many uh, FBI have been coming forward as whistleblower. Yep. And on some of them that I have seen interview of them uh, with Glenn Beck, uh, they're saying that the FBI have destroyed their life instead of protecting the whistleblower like they should. Mm-hmm. Instead, like this guy, for example, um, he cannot get a job nowhere ever because the FBI have put so much garbage so he will not get hired. Mm-hmm. And no benefits, no nothing. This guy's almost like homeless right now, this FBI mm-hmm. that he was yeah. for many years. Garrett so the Boyle. FBI are evil. The FBI mm-hmm. has to go down, and we are going to put them down. We are going to arrest all of them, uh, the evil ones. The good ones, they probably well, Wait a minute. Uh, How many good ones get... are there? You get, you know, those people that are there knowing well, that evil is being done, and they're being quiet just to keep their jobs. You know, all this necessary for evil to triumph is for good uh, people to do nothing. So, to me, well, think, if you're working... I think there's, a, a, there's a few good ones. They've been asking for prayers from our church, and uh, I don't know them personally, but I heard that, that uh, we were going to be praying with a group of mm-hmm. FBI, that they're asking for prayer, Christian men. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not with the deep state back in... D.C. or involved in the big headhunter in New York and all that. But there are some good uh, men, but they, that's why a lot of them are coming forward and they're being maliciously hurt by the FBI themselves, the headhunters. Yep. So they Here's will not get a job. They're taking everything away from them so they can be mm-hmm. like homeless, literally homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Congress should immediately reverse team, that. Yeah, the, the House needs yeah. to reverse that and, and give these people, you know, their jobs, their payback, or at least their money, you know, and so and uh, persecute the people that did it. But they never asked at the hearing. And I watched the hearings. And they never asked at the hearing, uh, who did this to you? Who, who signed the order for, to retaliate against you? You know, and of course, it goes all the way up to Chris Ray and Merrick Garland. We know that. But they also, um, there are whistleblower protection laws. But what the FBI says, well, these people aren't whistleblowers. And the Democrats all parroted this line. Well, the, uh, the FBI says you're not a whistleblower. Well, of course they said they aren't whistleblowers. No agency says that an employee that's uh, telling the truth about how they're breaking the law considers them whistleblowers. That's, that's, that's whistleblower 101. The VA employees know that. They know that if they, they blow the whistle on the VA, then the FBI is, the, the is going to say, well, you're not really whistleblowers. 
That's how they deny it. And the Democrats marching in lockstep with the, with the Marxists at the FBI. So well, you're not really whistleblowers. Yeah, you are. You know, and so what they say, they say they're not whistleblowers, so they're not entitled to the protection of the Whistleblower Protection Act, which, of course, they are. So how come that's not being enforced? So the problem is Congress, the geldings, the gelding Republicans, the, the gelding old party. You've got people I really like, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and some other folks on that committee. But where was the punishment for the FBI? Where was the requirement that they live up to the Whistleblower Act? Where was the, uh, the, the equivalent of witness protection out in the open for these people? They should be under a, uh, a federal witness protection program beyond the whistleblower. They get all their pay, all their money, and everything like that. They should be able to work in a, in a separate uh, they should be able to get a job immediately with the Inspector General's office over the FBI. That's where you put them. Absolutely. These are your best employees. Yeah, you're correct. Trump should appoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trump should uh, appoint these people to run major divisions of the FBI. These are the only decent. So the only decent FBI employees to me are the ones that were there on that panel. Three of them. And that's how you handle. It. But the Congress didn't. See, they didn't ask the right questions. They didn't follow through with who yeah. they didn't ask them to name names, right? They didn't propose any remedies. They didn't propose any budget cuts. They could have made a motion. I mean, where's Matt Gates? Much as I like Matt Gates, he could have made a motion to stop the FBI budget right now until they have a full audit. And he didn't do it. He would, you know, he would have known it. They're not the doing anything. They're yeah. not doing anything. See, that's the problem. They're not doing anything. So they, so these hearings are effectively useless because first of all, we already know the problem. We already know the FBI is corrupt. But because they're not dealing in solutions, all they're doing is saying, we're going to look into this further. Well, it's too late. We already know the problems. So unless you are suspending the people that, that violate these folks' rights, just basic human rights, watch well, this wrong terminology, but you know what I mean. But they just violate all the principles of the FBI. All, they violated the Whistleblower Act. They did everything possible against these people. And yet they, Congress should have immediately appointed them to uh, the FBI inspectors, inspector general, like I said. They should immediately get all their back pay. Congress should have a separate award for them for that. And they should actually treat these people well. And everybody else in the FBI, I don't know, whoever, who didn't come forward, the whole rest of them, give them a 50% pay cut. Say, look, you people do not deserve. You're not serving this country. And, and you know, everybody gets a pay and cut. And you know, because, because of what's going on, how these people have been treated, maybe some of the other ones don't want to come forward because they don't want to be homeless. So I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway. Greg, I got to go. I okay. have to get ready uh, to yeah. go earn my living. So this is Josie Cosby, uh reporting for Action Radio, and uh, continue listening to us. And uh, we got more good news. I'm trying to get Gene Ho. I don't yeah. know if he's going to be on with us next week, but we'll let you know. Okay, what about uh, your store? So don't forget I, that. Yes. Uh, Roots Uniform Shop, Donale Road, Pensacola, Florida. God bless you all. God bless you too, Josie. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Ciao. All right. Ciao, Bella. Que guapa. Yeah, I think I heard that once in a movie. All right. It is now, this is our first break. 9.10, we're taking our first break. Not bad. I'm over two hours and 10 minutes. We're finally, we're actually getting to us. Well, I has, the Tuesdays are great. You know, between Brianna and Josie, I don't want to take a break during the time they're on just because it's too cool. All right. Let's, um, Let's go back to some of our, our, our announcements here, our affiliate groups. Now, all our affiliate groups have the same discount code, W-Y-L. stands for Write Your Laws, right? And so Strikeforce, actually people are starting to use Strikeforce more and more. So we're getting a response to that. Every time you use one of our affiliate groups, you know, you, the money comes back to Action Radio, so you're helping out with that as well. Uh, and the two ones that are, that are most active, Strikeforce and Gracecare. Gracecare is the, uh, the health advocacy group. So I'll play their, their announcement at a different time. But let me do some Strikeforce, a couple of other things, and then I'll be back in just a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce. 
your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. So you want to help us out? This is the way. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations. 
just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. All right, needless to say, I made that before the election, thinking that would never happen. (laughs) I was wrong. The election was stolen, and the Marxists are in charge, and we can change that. Uh, That's what Action Radio is all about. All right, let's get to some news. Be right back. Out of the newswire. So we're actually getting to the title of the show here, which is, and just got a live chat for a second, Racing to the End of the World Part 2, and then a subtitle, Food and Climate Change. So we've been talking about a bunch of things, the uh, World Economic Forum, the global folks, uh, the poisoning of our food supply. So it all kind of relates to racing towards the end of the world. Um, in fact, there was a comment just on our live chat about uh, reparations for slavery. And I had an interesting thought the other day that by talking about reparations for slavery, uh, for people that were long dead, you know, the people that were slaves, which is, uh, um, they're gone. Uh, The people that were actually slave owners, which included, you know, many black people were slave owners, they're gone. Uh, I think only a small percentage of Southerners actually owned slaves. Not that that's a good thing, but I'm just saying it wasn't that big a part of the population. A lot of people who fought in the Civil War had no slaves at all. But what's interesting about that is that in talking about slavery, you can't possibly pay reparations because all the people affected or causing it are gone. And so what's interesting is that I thought that this is very interesting because you could pay reparations for segregation. There are millions of people alive in this country that are victims of segregation or beneficiaries of segregation. And so anytime you saw, you know, segregation, uh, even, even in the Northeast against the Irish, you know, which are white people, but they were segregated against. What do you think the paddy wagon was all about? Arresting the drunken Irish. You know, signs, Tip O'Neill used to say during uh, Ronald Reagan's time uh, that uh, there were signs, you know, he remembers his childhood, you know, the Irish, you know, job available, Irish need not apply. You know, we talk about the South, the prejudice of, uh, of the Democrat South under segregation. So I believe that reparations are a cover our cover so that uh, they don't have to talk about reparations for segregation, which would be very, very interesting. But I don't believe in reparations anyway. (laughs) But it would be interesting if people want to, it'd be interesting if the Democrat party were sued for segregation. I wonder if you can do that. I talked to Jonathan about that. I write that down. Suing the Democrat. Because they're the ones that caused it. Suing the Democrat party. Party for segregation. I wonder if you could do that on the civil rights laws. Huh. Hmm. Just a little star there. This is one of the many things that uh, my notes contain of, of stuff we talk about on the show. All right, so let's talk about food and uh, climate change. And in other words, that the, uh, uh, that the, the, the globalists want to destroy the earth. They want, they want to limit the population. And so I put this on Facebook, um, I think this morning, but I've been thinking about this for a bit, that the same people that want to kill, you know, a few billion people with the COVID jab, are also saying that if we get rid of carbon dioxide, it'll save us. 
Well, you can't have it both ways. You either want to kill millions, billions of people, or you don't. You want to save billions of people. And if you want to save billions of people, then you're for carbon dioxide because that's part of the carbon cycle. That's part of the plant life. That's part of what keeps the earth going. So actually the burning of organic fuels, you know, coal, oil, natural gas, uh, is a way to replace the carbon dioxide uh, and put it that was locked up in the plants and, you know, made into petroleum and put it back in the atmosphere so the plants can breathe it. So burning organic fuels, you know, especially from the Industrial Revolution, is an integral part of the carbon cycle. It's now part of what, what makes the earth run. So the, the globalists want to get rid of that. So they say that if we get rid of carbon dioxide, we'll avoid climate change. Well, there is no climate change. That's a problem. The earth can be a lot warmer and has been a lot warmer. We're in a glacier period. <laughs> you know? so, so the idea that somehow warming from a glacier period is a bad idea is absolutely insane. It's really stupid, and yet that's what, uh, that's what we hear. Anyway, so the solution is to uh, uh, use all the energy we can, burn all the organic fuels we can, because all we're doing is replacing carbon dioxide into the air so the plants can breathe it and keep the world going. You know, plants turn sun energy, you know, photosynthesis, you know, carbon dioxide plus water, you know, plus sunlight you know, in chlorophyll creates photosynthesis. Plants make food from the sun, from water and carbon dioxide, and they grow, and then they feed up, and then they create oxygen, which we breathe, and then uh, they create food, which we eat, and then we eat the animals that eat the, the plants, and away you go. That's how it works. So you can't have it both ways. You can't be, you know, for uh, the COVID jab and against carbon dioxide, the COVID jab and for carbon dioxide. Anyway, I got a Gateway Pundit article. It's been sitting around for a while, May 16th, so this is about five days old. Biden regime, or as we call it, uh, you know, Max Headroom, President Headroom, announces $11 billion investment to, quote, tackle climate change. Well, I'm sorry, folks. You cannot legislate the orbit of uh, the sun through the galaxy and the earth around the sun. You cannot legislate that. The laws of physics are not subject to legislation. And these people don't seem to, uh, well, they don't care about it. They know they can't uh, change it. This is all about socialism and reducing the earth's population. So Jim Hoft, who's the editor, says on Tuesday, the, the brand, I want to call it the headroom regime, Go. Max Headroom, the Headroom regime, announced another spending of $11 billion investment to combat, quote, climate change with funding coming from the $430 billion uh, Inflation Reduction Act that Biden, you know, signed into law last August. Well, you, you know, if you want to, you can't spend money to reduce inflation. So the idea of spending $430, to $430 billion to reduce inflation is contradictory. If you wanted to store, stop inflation, you would... Uh, you know, uh, pay back, you know, $430 billion to the treasury and take that money out of circulation. That would, ha- that would actually reduce inflation. So, so by not spending $430, they would have had a lot greater impact on inflation. He says nearly $11 billion in grants and loan opportunities, opportunities, right, were announced by the, the uh, Max Headroom regime to assist rural energy and utility providers in bringing affordable, reliable, clean energy to communities around the country, according to the news release. Yeah. Well, there's, there's all kinds of affordable, reliable, clean energy. It's called oil. You know, it's called natural gas. It's called, well, I'm not so crazy about coal. Oil, and, you know, petroleum and natural gas, good stuff. Nuclear power, too, is the, is the cleanest of all. Then it says the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to cleaner energy provides rural communities with an affordable and reliable power grid while supporting thousands of new jobs. This is all propaganda. This is adding these investments will also combat climate change and significantly reduce air and water pollution that puts children's health at risk. Oh, really? U.S. Department of Agriculture stands ready to partner with municipalities. Oh, aren't those the people you want? The Agriculture Department? Right. 
partner municipalities, tribal entities, entrepreneurs, rural electric cooperatives, and other utilities to see this transformative investment come to life. All right. Let's see if I can skip down to the criticism. I've had enough of the propaganda. Then it says the USDA also announced that from July 31st, rural electric cooperatives will be able to apply for $9.7 billion in grants to fund the deployment of, quote, renewable energy. Well, I got news for you. Oil is renewable energy. The planet makes more of it. You know, plant life compressed over a really long time with heat and pressure create oil. It's renewable. Oil is being created all the time. You know, from a long time ago, but still being created. USDA announced that on July 31st, okay, I read that, this new funding from the Inflation Reduction Act. See, now, the the best thing to do, if you want to reduce inflation, the best thing to do is you abolish the Inflation Reduction Act and put the money back in the Treasury. That will reduce inflation. These two programs represent the single largest investment in rural electrification since Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the Rural Electrification Act. Well, I can't imagine that the, the, uh, the rural counties aren't electrified. That doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, so much for that. <laughs> that was kind of a, uh, uh, not the best article I found in a while. All right, here's another one. And this is from the CO2 Coalition. This is Gregory Wrightstone. The folks that tell you that CO2 is wonderful. It says, we love CO2, and you should too. So this is from May 11th, so yeah, a couple of weeks ago. It says, more carbon dioxide is good, less is bad. And it's true. This is where I get a lot of my information on, on carbon dioxide. So the best thing is by Gregory Wrightstone. So the best thing we can do for our environment is to burn as much fossil fuel as possible. You know, go out and buy a V8 Chevy, 57 Chevy, and fill it with gas and take long trips. Put that carbon dioxide back in the air so we'll have plants and we'll have a much better life. And it's actually greening. It's greening. The Sahara Desert is greening. Why? Because there's more carbon dioxide in the air. You take the carbon dioxide out and the, and the Sahara goes back to desert and more people die. But of course, that's what the globalists want. If you want to reduce the population, you give everybody a COVID shot, you put it in the food and water, you uh, get rid of the carbon dioxide, and you take away people's energy. So they freeze to death or, or bake to death. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty basic formula. Totalitarian leftist, Nazis, communists, fascists, socialists, it's all the same thing. Gregory Wrightstone says, people should be celebrating, not demonizing, modern increases in atmospheric carbon dioxide. We cannot overstate the importance of the gas. Without it, life doesn't exist. Let me say that again. Without it, life doesn't exist. So the people, the globalists, know that without carbon dioxide, life doesn't exist. Why do you think they're trying to restrain it? Okay. So the very people that are trying to kill you with a COVID jet also know that life doesn't exist without carbon dioxide. So anytime you hear anybody, and I do mean this, anybody talking about reducing carbon dioxide, it's because they want to reduce the population. That's what it's all about. They're trying to reduce the population by getting rid of the very thing that plants need for survival and that we need for survival, carbon dioxide. Okay. We've got a bunch of stuff going on in my... Uh, um, my, my thing here. Okay, sorry. I'm going to go live chat. Live chat's got a life of its own. Gentlemen, keep talking. We should get women in here too. So live chat's doing its own thing <laughs> right now. So let me go back to the article here. So anyway, again, without carbon dioxide, life doesn't exist. So anybody that wants to reduce carbon dioxide is about population reduction. That's what it is. And they should be challenged. So anyone, so, you know, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, gets up and says, we need to reduce carbon dioxide. Say, so, well, what, what, how much of the population of the world, how many billions of people do you want you know, taken out by your carbon dioxide reduction? I mean, that's what it is. How many people does she want taken out by, you know, by, with this reduction of carbon dioxide? Because if you don't like carbon dioxide, you don't like human life. You don't like life at all. 
Here's what the article says. First, a bit of history. During each of the last four glacial advances, CO2, that's carbon dioxide, CO2's concentration fell below 190 parts per million. So you take a million parts of whatever size, 190 of them, that's not a lot. This is less than 50% of our current concentration of 420 parts per million. So in other words, during each of the last four glacier advances, CO2's concentration fell below 190 parts per million. Well, why? Because glaciers absorb carbon dioxide. Oceans absorb carbon dioxide. Water absorbs carbon dioxide. It takes carbon dioxide out of the air so plants can't breathe it. Plants can't breathe carbon dioxide if it's locked up in the oceans in the salt water. Salt kills most plants because it takes the water out of them. It is critical. So there's two places that, uh, actually a few places that carbon dioxide is locked up. It's locked up in glaciers, it's locked up in oceans, and it's locked up under the ground in petroleum. That's where the carbon dioxide is. And we've got to free it. We've got to liberate it. Free carbon dioxide. No, that is, anyway. Uh, so it says here, let me talk about this again. During each of the last four glacial advances, CO2's concentration fell below 190 parts per million, less than 50% of our current concentration of 420 parts per million. That's actually really good news. That's up to 420. He says, when glaciers began receding about 14,000 years ago, a blink in geological time, CO2 levels fell to 182 parts per million, a concentration thought to be the lowest in Earth's history. Do you realize that? We had the lowest concentration of carbon dioxide in Earth's history, 5.2 billion years or whatever it is. Then it says line of death. Why is this alarming? Well, because below 150 parts per million, most terrestrial plant life dies. And I've said that before, and this is where I got it from. Below 150 parts per million, most terrestrial plant life dies. That's just a fact. Not hyperbole. Not making it up. That's just the way it is. They know. They've measured it because they take core samples. They can measure the carbon dioxide content in the air. They can measure how much vegetation is locked up on the ice around it. It's not hard to do. He says, line of death. Why is this alarming? Because, yeah, okay, there we go. In other words, the Earth came within 30 parts per million in carbon dioxide atmospheric concentration of witnessing the extinction of most land-based plants and all higher terrestrial life forms. That'd be us, people. This is nearly a true climate apocalypse. Before industrialization began, adding CO2 to the atmosphere. I told you about the Industrial Revolution. Burning organic fuels, which you guys call fossil fuels still because you really should start calling them organic fuels. I thought you, the, the, you know, you want to you know when God saved the earth? God saved the earth by introducing the industrial revolution, the internal combustion engine, and the burning of organic fuels. That's what saved the earth, because we put carbon dioxide back in the atmosphere. I know this news to a lot of you, but that's just simply the way it works. He says, before industrialization began, uh, adding CO2 to the atmosphere, there was no telling whether the critical 150 part per million threshold wouldn't be reached during the next glacial period. He says, contrary to the mantra that today's CO2 concentration is unprecedentedly high, our current geological period, uh, unprecedentedly high on our current, ge- okay, in a, you know, our current geological period, but oh, let me start this again. Uh, it's comma, I thought it was a period. He says, contrary to the mantra, that today's CO2 concentration is unprecedentedly high, our current geological period, the quaternary, uh, has seen the lowest average levels of carbon dioxide since the end of the pre-Cambrian period more than 600 million years ago. The average CO2 concentration throughout Earth's history was more than 2,600 parts per million, nearly seven times current levels. So the Earth, seven times the current carbon dioxide level. And guess what? Life went on just fine, right? 
He says beneficial CO2 increases. CO2 increased from 280 parts per million in 1750 to 420 parts per million today. That's actually really good news. Most of it after World War II as industrial activity accelerated. The higher concentration has been beneficial because of the gas's role as a plant in increasing photosynthesis. That's exactly what I just talked about. Huh. I start breathing more. <laughs> I'm running out of air when I talk. He says carbon dioxide's benefits include faster plant growth with less water and larger crop yields. Well, that feeds more people, more animals too. Expansion of forests and grasslands. Less erosion of topsoil because of more plant growth. Increases in plants' natural insect repellents. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. He says the summary of 270 lab uh, studies covering 83 food crops showed that increasing CO2 concentrations by 300 parts per million boosts plant growth by an average of 45%. Wow. By boosting carbon dioxide, only 300 parts per million. That's nothing, right? Boosts plant growth by an average of 46%. Conversely, many studies show adverse effects of low CO2 environments. So what do greenhouses do? Greenhouses want to grow as much food as quickly as possible. Well, they warm up the temperature and they pump in carbon dioxide. There's far more carbon dioxide in a warehouse, in a, I mean a greenhouse, than there is outside. And that's why. He says, for instance, one indicated that uh, compared to today, plant growth was 8% less in the period before the Industrial Revolution with a low concentration of 290 parts per million CO2. Therefore, attempts to reduce CO2 concentrations are bad for plants, animals, and humankind. Data reported in the recent paper by Dr. Indur Golanki was published by the CO2 Coalition indicates that up to 50% of Earth's vegetated areas became greener between 1982 and 2011. See that word there, greener? Carbon dioxide makes things greener. You want a Green New Deal? There's your Green New Deal. More carbon dioxide is the Green New Deal. I write that down. That's pretty cool. More CO2. CO2 is the Green New Deal. Green New Deal. I'll have to use that somewhere. New Deal. There we go. Hmm. Data reported in a recent paper by Dr. Indur Golanki and published by the CO2 Coalition indicates that up to 50% of Earth's vegetative areas became green. Oh, I just read that. Researchers attribute 70% of the greening to CO2 fertilization from, they're saying fossil fuel, I'm going to say from organic fuel emissions. Let me say that again. 70% of the greening, 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 due to CO2, carbon dioxide, all right, is due to organic fuel emissions. So in other words, burning gasoline, diesel, oil, and natural gas is making the earth greener. How much clearer can I say that? Everything you're being told about CO2 reduction is a lie. Everything. The crisis that we need more of it. We need more CO2. Buy a V8 and go driving. You want to do something for the planet? We should have a bumper sticker on 57 Chevys. I'm saving the planet. Which they are. Dr. Galanke also reported that the beneficial fertilization effects of CO2, back to the article, Along with the use of hydrocarbon, hydrocarbon dependent machinery, pesticide fertilizers, that would be the internal combustion engine folks, uh, have saved at least 20% of land area from being converted to agricultural purposes, an area 25% larger than North America. Let's see that again. Along with the use of hydrocarbon dependent machinery, huh, 
pesticides and fertilizers have saved at least 20% of the land area from being converted to agriculture. I don't get that. I'm going to think about that. I'm not sure what that means. The amazing increase in agricultural productivity, partly the result of more CO2, has allowed the planet to feed 8 billion people compared to the fewer than 800,000 inhabitants that lived a short 300 years ago. We've got 8 billion people on the earth. We used to have 800,000 300 years ago. The difference? More carbon dioxide, which allows us to feed more people. More CO2 in the air means more moisture in the soil. Well, there you go. The major cause of water loss in plants is attributable to transpiration, in which the stomata, in other words, where they breathe, uh, or pores of plants on the undersides of leaves open to absorb CO2 and expel oxygen and water vapor. Wow. With more CO2, the somatas are open for shorter periods. Okay, anyway, so there you go. You get the basic idea. It's good. It's good for you. Uh, I've been talking about, uh, I need to take another break here and play something for a couple minutes. Whew, then we'll get to Biden's bid to crash the energy grid. <laughs> I'm actually going to get through my articles today, but uh, that's basically it. You know, carbon dioxide is good. Uh, energy is good. All these things are good. What's well, I want to play for you for just it's a little... little uh, that's a bit too long. I got some jazz I want to play here or something kind of fun. That's too short. Hmm. I need another piece that's a little bit longer. Let me do some jazz. Uh, where, here we go. Back in a couple minutes.
Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. So I was just checking uh, news and Truth Social is announcing that uh, Donald, not Donald Trump, excuse me, uh, Tucker Carlson will not be running for president uh, in 2024. I'm not surprised. I don't think he, he wants to. I think he wants to be in investigative journalism and do this kind of show he's always wanted to do, but couldn't do it on Fox News because they're a bunch of leftists now. Uh, so that should be interesting to see. And also, uh, Ron DeSantis is not going to be running for president this time. He's running in 2024. He's definitely running in 2028. He's definitely running in 2028, but he is not running now. He's just not. You know, and he'd be stupid too. Why, why should he? He knows he's going to lose to Donald Trump. Why would you waste millions of dollars losing to Donald Trump, losing respect to the Republican base, when he could simply support Donald Trump this time, run again in four years with a completely open field, and have all his money? He'd be an idiot to run now. So he's not running. The only people that want Ron DeSantis to run are those that can't stand Donald Trump. And they don't care if DeSantis wins. It's like uh, John McCain. They wanted John McCain to run um, to, to uh, defeat, uh, who I, forgot, I think, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich would have been a fabulous president. And so they wanted John McCain to run against him. I think if I got it right. Anyway, John McCain was there to run against all the actual conservatives because he was the darling of the left. He's, oh, look, he's the maverick. He's the independent Republican voice. John McCain should be the Republican nominee. Well, he eventually became the nominee, and of course, then the media immediately turned on him. And John McCain sucks. He's terrible. He's awful. He's a, he's a Republican, you know, right-wing T-stooge or whatever they call him. It's the same old stuff, right? Same old insults. So the only reason they want Ron DeSantis to run is, is actually two reasons. One, he actually defeats Trump, and then they're happy because they hate Trump. And the second reason is he spends a lot of money and weakens Trump and weakens himself. So they want Ron DeSantis to run, not because they love the country and not because they love Ron DeSantis. Uh, it's because they hate Trump. And they hate the American people. So having Ron DeSantis run fulfills many objectives, none of, uh, none of which would help America. They just won't. Anyway, got a bunch of comments on live chat. Live chat's got quite a debate going on right now, which is what I'm hoping to happen. I'm not going to go over it. You just, the best thing to do is just listen live. That's how you see all this stuff. All right, what else have I got for opening comments? I had a few things I wanted to say. Uh, that's basically, oh, here's another interesting thing too. Oh, yeah, and Ron, Roger Stone doesn't think he's going to run either, which is kind of interesting. The only people that want him to run is the GOP establishment, Paul Ryan, Fox News, Megan uh, McCain, Jeb Bush, etc. Those are the folks that want DeSantis to run against Trump. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Uh, Germany's Olaf Scholz announces that Ukraine won't be joining NATO. Uh, that's interesting because, you know, Brandon, uh, you know, uh, President Max Hedrum uh, thinks that uh, the U.S. runs NATO. And I think this is, a, this is a call by Germany to say, no, Germany runs NATO. We are NATO. And, uh, and they don't care about Biden. They just want Biden's money, in other words, our taxpayer money. So NATO, NATO countries want, especially Germany and France, because they don't want to spend money on their own defense. But they're the wealthiest countries in, in Europe, in Western Europe. So they don't want them to spend, they don't want to spend money on their own defense. They want us to spend money on their defense. But they don't want a war either. <laughs> so they want all the defense money without a war, right? So uh, well, that kind of makes sense. Well, I figure all the, the brave people uh, of Europe were killed in World War II. And what was left were the, the cowards, you know, the wimps, uh, the physically disabled and other folks, and, and the conscientious objectors, all the folks that didn't fight World War II. So Europe was rebuilt by uh, the people that didn't go to war. So when, when that happens, you know, you rebuild the world, you know, with people that are, are socialists, collectivists, wimpy, not individuals, no bravery, no courage, no personal integrity. Those are the, uh, I'm not talking about those that survived the war. I'm talking about those that didn't fight, didn't engage, didn't do anything with the war. Those are the ones that you, I think you know, rose to prominence. So Europe is built on people that uh, did not go to World War II, which is kind of interesting. We'll take that up sometime. 
Anyway, so Olaf Scholz, who uh, Prime Minister of Germany or President of Germany, I'm not sure their system, said Ukraine's not joining NATO. Well, that's interesting for him to make that proclamation. What he's really saying is, I'm in charge of NATO. That's what he's saying. And he's saying that we're not going to get involved in the war. If the United States and Russia want to fight eh, over Ukraine, that's okay. We don't care. You know, we'll, we'll look like we're supporting the United States, but in actuality, they don't care. So they'll, they'll fight to the last Ukrainian, <laughs> you know, happily, and take money from the United States to fight for the last Ukrainian, happily. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, uh, this, is a, this is an Obama operation, you know, so uh, start to finish. Obama did to destroy the United States, to get rid of all of our arms, all of our, you know, you look at Obama. Obama is actually his own disarmament program. I'm going to write this down to you. Obama disarms America. He does. Look where he has disarmed us, okay? He disarmed us by not building things. He disarmed us by destroying the, the American military. He disarmed us by giving $85 uh, billion worth of our best equipment to the Taliban when he ordered Brandon to surrender. Uh, he, he's uh, disarmed us by uh, having most of our stockpiles of missiles, bullets, things like that used up in Ukraine. So basically Obama has disarmed us, but he's left one group armed the agents of the bureaucracy. So the best armed group in our country now is not the military. It's the, it's the IRS agents. <laughs> you know, they've got all the arms. They've got billions of rounds of ammunition, hundreds of thousands of guns, and they've got 287,000 bureaucrat infantry. That's the best armed group in America. Except the bureaucrats. And who are the only people that the bureaucrats can make war on? Us. Us. See, bureaucrats don't have any jurisdiction outside the United States. So you can't sign them up for the military and have them go fight a foreign war. So the only possible war that the bureaucrats could fight is against Americans. Now you see the whole picture. All right. Let's, uh, let's get on to a couple. We've got two articles left and I've got about 13 minutes. We'll see if we can do it. So the first one here is for the New York Post, May 23rd. So today. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's today's day. That's not the day of the article. The article is dated May 14th. Okay, that makes more sense. So, you know, a little while ago. It says, Biden's bid to crash the energy grid and other commentary. And this is by Post Editorial Board. So the New York Post editorials are pretty good. And so that would probably be Miranda Devine is one of the folks. And, she, and they say, excuse me, on May 4th, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, known as the FERC, for those of us who know our acronyms, uh, members warned of, quote, unprecedented challenges to the nation's electric system and the looming, very catastrophic situation they could trigger. So this is all part of it. The three things that the globalists want to deny us, energy, food, and air. <laughs> In other words, carbon dioxide. So they're taking away our carbon dioxide. They're taking away the air for plants and, and people. They're taking away our food and injecting it with messenger RNA, deadly chemicals. And they're taking away our energy. So we all freeze to death or can't go anywhere and live in government housing. Food, energy, that's the globalist plan. I'm going to write that down. This is going to make a whole show, show title. Food, air, energy. Energy. I write too fast. I write badly. Article says, after that, <laughs> it says uh, the FERC members warned of unprecedented challenges to the nation's electric system and the looming, very catastrophic situation they could trigger. Oh, really? They cited premature coal plant closures, yep, insufficient pipelines, yep, and massive subsidies for weather-dependent renewables. See, that's a good name for it, weather-dependent renewables. Well, what's a weather-dependent renewable? Solar and wind. What's it dependent on? Well, wind is dependent on solar. You know, you don't have sun, you don't have wind, because <laughs> the sun heats up the earth. 
Well, the earth where the sun heats it uh, warms, and it warms the air above it. Warm air rises. Cool air falls. When air goes from an area of, ri- of cooling air, which is falling, to an area of rising air, which is rising, that's called wind. Because <laughs> that's what wind is. Moving from low pressure, from high pressure uh, cool air to low pressure warmer air. That's what it is. That's wind. So wind is generated by the sun. Solar energy is generated by the sun. These are all sun energies. I don't know how the renewable they are because the sun is actually burning itself out. It's just going to take a long time. So there's no such thing as renewable. Renewable energy, energy once burned is gone. Okay? Now things can change form and do all kinds of different stuff. Actually, the only really renewable energy is carbon dioxide now that I think about it. So what happens because matter can be neither created nor destroyed? Second law of thermodynamics, if I believe, if I got the right one. So carbon dioxide is in the air. Plants breathe it. It goes into making plants with photosynthesis. Plants feed animals. Animals feed us. Plant and animal material goes back into the soil, goes back to the ocean and the lake, gets, gets turned up into organic goo, you know, and under temperature and pressure over millions of years becomes oil. Oil has carbon dioxide in it. Carbon dioxide is burned in your 57 Chevy. Carbon dioxide goes back up into the atmosphere to replace the carbon dioxide that went into plants and was locked up under the ground. So actually, oil is renewable because the carbon cycle is a cycle replenishes itself. So the renewable energies are technically uh, oil, coal, and natural gas. Well, not uranium. Well, the Earth makes uranium too, but I think it's garbage. Oil, coal, and natural gas are actually renewables, right? Solar is not renewable because once the sun has burned hydrogen and converted to helium in a fusion reaction, that hydrogen is gone. Can't be put back. Sun doesn't make hydrogen. Therefore, the sun is not renewable. So solar is actually not renewable. It's just going to be around for a long time. It's kind of fascinating. All right. Eight minutes to go. See if we can make it to the end of this. And one more article. Uh, he says, the site, uh, premature closure. It says, just a week later, Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, proposed a rule forcing plants to cut emissions by 90% by 2040 or be shut down. Why would you cut emissions? We need those emissions for carbon to put it back in the air. See, I'm the only one saying this, right? Well, and Gregory writes though. He says cutting uh, emissions by 90% could lead to most generators closing. Yeah. The whole purpose of, of making impossible emission standards is so that power plants close. So we don't have power. They don't want to stop power. That's it. Steal the energy, steal the food, steal the air. He says this atops, adopts uh, a top, well, more, they mis- misprint the word here. He says this, I guess, atop rules to force Americans to drive electric vehicles. Oh, wait a minute. Where do you think power comes from for electric vehicles? Coal, oil, natural gas, and uranium, for the most part. Yeah. So electric cars are nothing but organic fueled cars plus a step, plus, a, plus a, a power conversion. Anyway, article says, so while the FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, is screaming about catastrophic grid failures, President Headroom is pushing policies to dramatically increase electric demand while also further undermining the reliability of the grid. So electric cars make for greater electric demand, which means more coal plants, more oil plants, more natural gas plants, more uranium energy. But they don't want that because it's not renewable, even though it is. He says, what should we think about? What should we do in response to the death of Jordan Neely? I asked William Volga, the city journal. He says, progressives fault supposed hysteria about crime and homelessness, uh, but the system saw 10 people murdered. Oh, it's a different article. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the end of that article. My mistake. Never mind. Take two. Show. I'm tired. Can you tell? <laughs> Let's see what's going on in live chat. Any more uh, environmental stuff on live chat? 
Uh, they're going back and forth. A bunch of folks are going back and forth. Good for you guys. Have a great live chat. America First Report. Food collapse incoming. Globalist war on nitrogen emissions, putting entire global food supply at risk. So it's bad enough that they're taking our carbon dioxide. They're also taking our nitrogen. This is something Marco might be interested in because the, uh, the, the farmers in, in the Netherlands were told they could not use nitrogen uh, and they're going to be closed down. Well, that's the same. Nitrogen is critical for plant growth. Nitrogen is, there's like these nodules of nitrogen um, producing things in plants that use the nitrogen. This is May 15th uh, by Arsenio Toledo. Boy, isn't that a great name? Arsenio Toledo. <laughs> Holy Toledo, Arsenio. That's kind of cool. All right. Arsenio Toledo says, governments all over the world are passing policies to deal with nitrogen emissions, and these policies are putting the global food supply at risk. But nitrogen is 72% of the atmosphere. Are you going to pass a law against it? That's irrational. That's insane, unless you're trying to kill everybody. It's the only reason you would pass a law against nitrogen. You're trying to kill everybody. Just like getting rid of carbon dioxide, getting rid of our energy, getting rid of our food, and injecting everybody with COVID shots. It's all designed to kill people in mass numbers. It's genocide. Arsenio says the people pushing the so-called war on nitrogen claim that excess nitrogen in the environment is hazardous and pollutes the land, the water, and the air. They said even depletes the ozone layer. <laughs> the latest story, Dutch government to seize up to half the country's farmland under the guise of curbing nitrogen emissions. Oh, stop producing food. If you're producing food, it must be using nitrogen which is 72% of the Earth's atmosphere, there's more nitrogen in the air than anything else. It's almost three-quarters of our atmosphere is nitrogen. If that were a pollutant, we'd have been dead millions of years ago. Yeah, they seem to miss that little tidbit, didn't they? Back to the article. The United Nations is at the forefront of these claims. Of course the United Nations is there. They want to kill people too. The United Nations, they should call it, you know, United uh, Genocide. So the, United, the Department of United Genocide wants to get rid of nitrogen, carbon dioxide, air, water, food, and energy. Okay. I see the picture. I get it. Article says the United Nations is at the forefront of these claims, suggesting without evidence, exactly, suggesting without evidence that nitrogen is not only a contributor to the so-called climate change, but that nitrogen pollution is also somehow a threat to human health and is detrimental to the global economy. Really, nitrogen, three-quarters of the atmosphere is dangerous. How about that? Again, if it were dangerous, we'd have been dead millions of years ago. All life on Earth would have ended. But here's the thing that, that's, that's so crazy about this. There is no climate change that's a problem. There isn't. See, they use this thing of climate change to get rid of things that they want to get rid of. In other words, the things that keep us alive. Nitrogen, carbon dioxide, food, water, and energy. Right? That's what this is all about. So all you have to do is show, and it's easy to do, that climate change is a bunch of nonsense. And if climate change is nonsense, which it is, then everything related to it to try and prevent it is nonsense, which it is. Here's what they say. The article says, nitrogen is a primary nutrient essential for the survival of all living organisms on Earth. And that's Leticia Carvalho, principal coordinator of the United Nations Environment, Progr- Environment Program's Marine and Freshwater Branch. Really? So a United Nations person said that nitrogen is a primary nutrient essential for survival of all living organisms. Well, that doesn't strike me as a pollutant. Does it strike you as a pollutant? If it's necessary, it's a necessary ingredient for all of our survival, how can it be a pollutant? That's crazy. Well, it's irrational. What's really irrational is taking away all our food, water, energy, and air so they can kill us all and letting them do it. That's irrational. She says, but the world needs to wake up to the issues of nitrogen waste and the opportunities to take joint action for its sustainable use. 
Um, again, the atmosphere is almost three quarters nitrogen. I think it's sustainable. Carbon dioxide is less than half a percent. Carbon dioxide is the one we have to worry about. We've got plenty of nitrogen. Question is, are we going to use it or take it away from our farms? So they can't take away the nitrogen because it's three quarters of the air. So they take away the farms instead. Don't use, don't use nitrogen on your farm. Oh boy, that could be bad. Yeah, right. Next heading, Sri Lanka, Netherlands, leading the war on nitrogen. Netherlands, Marco, what are you guys doing? Marco, tell me why, 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 why? Oh, here we go. This is the next time we'll mess a little with Greg. We'll only talk German in the chat. Okay, fine. I'll, get, I'll copy the whole chat, get a Google translator, and I will, I will do everything that you're saying. Great. You guys, go ahead and talk in German. Actually, I really wish you would. I'd love to get a larger audience uh, of uh, German-speaking people from Austria to, I don't know, how far does it go? Belgium? I guess they speak German in Belgium. Probably in Switzerland. Let me see. Who are the German-speaking countries as either at least a majority or partial language? Switzerland, Austria, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium. I don't know. I think that's about it. We'll see. Anyway, got a few minutes left to show. This is my 90-second morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for the live chat. Really appreciate it. Oh, they even speak German in France. Yeah, they speak German in a lot of places. Greece does because they like the German tourists. But I'm talking about a predominant uh, um, or, or uh, like about a 25% language. Most of the French speak French. <laughs> they don't want to. They'll speak German if they have to. <laughs> like they speak English if they have to. But they'd rather speak French. I actually like French. It's a great language. All right. Let's go back to this last little bit, see if we can get the folks to listen in for the last minute. Two of the main nations leading the globalist war on nitrogen are Sri Lanka and the Netherlands in April 2021. You guys listen to the podcast to catch the rest of it. In April 2021, the Sri Lankan government, led by then-President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, banned the use of chemical fertilizers in the small island nation of 22 million people. What an idiot. Banned fertilizer? This is where the fertilizer thing came from. He says, concerned, uh, this is about a year after that decision, the government was forced by widespread protests to roll back the ban after it led to the rapid collapse in food yields with some estimates suggesting an annual drop of at least 30% in the paddy yields, that are rice paddies, okay? It, uh, quote is, I cannot recall any time in the past when we had to struggle so much to get a decent harvest. And that's 65-year-old W.M. Senaviratni in the eastern Sri Lankan village of Agbopura. <laughs> I love these names. Sri Lanka is just off the coast of India on the southeast corner, if you want to take a look and find it. He says, these crops need urea. Compost is not just good enough, and we didn't even get enough of the organic fertilizer that was distributed by the government. Urea is a widely used low-cost fertilizer. 46%, it's almost half nitrogen. Okay, Let's get to the Netherlands. This is the part the market is going to miss because they just went off the air. He says, and in the Netherlands, the Dutch coalition government has just received the green light from the European Union to move forward with a plan to cut nitrogen emissions in half by 2030 by expropriating land from the nation's farmers. So they can't stop the nitrogen because it's three-quarters of the atmosphere. They can't stop it being used in farms because the plants breathe it naturally, so they get rid of the farmland. That's how this works. Since the plan sets aside nearly 1.5 billion euros, $164 billion, for farmers who are willing to voluntarily sell their farms to the state in exchange for a sizable compensation. So in other words, they're selling the farm, selling the food production to the government, which is not going to use the farmland for food. They're just going to use, they're going to probably, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're not going to grow food on it. Since all agricultural work on seized lands would then stop immediately to prevent large-scale emissions of nitrogen from the area. Again, three-quarters of the atmosphere is nitrogen. They says some 3,000 farms are expected to be seized within the next few years because the plants are breathing nitrogen. 
That's their crime. Plants are breathing nitrogen. We better stop that right now. There's too many plants out there producing too much food. Then it says multiple other countries might be joining the attacks on farmers for their supposedly harmful nitrogen emissions soon, particularly those nations that have committed to reducing their nitrogen emissions. See, they, they reduce carbon dioxide. What happened? Well, food production drops. But they don't want to do it anymore, so now people have so much carbon dioxide you can reduce. Now they're going after nitrogen. Then we got a video here. You guys get the idea. Yep. Carbon dioxide, nitrogen, so they're going after carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, that's our air, going after our food, going after our water, going after our, our, our plants and animals with uh, dangerous chemicals, and they're giving us all COVID shots, and they're taking our energy. Energy food, water, and air. Those are, the, those are the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's kind of a nice little thing. Energy, I can write that down actually. Energy, food, water, air are the four horsemen. I'm going to think of a different name. The four horsemen of the global government apocalypse. How's that? Four horse, horsemen, of the globalist of the globalist apocalypse a p o l y p s e yep actually the removal of those is the four horsemen of the global apocalypse the, the forced removal of our energy our food our water and our air are the four horsemen of the globalist apocalypse you guys have a great day at the live chat. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, they're probably getting this on the account. I played everything I want to play. So let me just do our, our uh, Tuesday. We have a, a selection of classical music to uh, send us on our way. I shall play that for you now. And remind you that our website here you're listening to is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Our, our legislative site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. Our uh, contributions go to givesendgo.com slash action radio. Uh, we also have uh, my substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, and my email, greg at writeforlaws.com. That's how it works. I found my musical selection. I'll play this, and I will see you all tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.